0: Hello and welcome to the WCW vs. NWO podcast. The podcast that analyzes the sex and gives a baseball bat to one of the most important errors in wrestling history. This episode, well, this episode is one of those cases where we're taking the hit so you don't ever have to watch it. We're watching Sold Out 1997, but of course I don't have to struggle through this alone. With me, as always, firstly, Gus, uh, Fergus Looney, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good. I'm about half a bottle deep into my whiskey. Um, it's the only way I think I'm gonna get through this because this is a crap crap pay-per-view. But I'm looking forward to talking about it, because at least there's a lot to discuss about it.
0: Yeah, WrestleCrap is at least a lot of fun to talk about if it's not a lot of fun to watch. And also with me every week, Connor O'Donnell. How are you keeping Connor? I'm better
2: the, I can see the light, Dave. This isn't just WrestleCraft, this is like beyond WrestleCraft. <laughs> It brought us to the stage that we all have to drink on this podcast yeah. to yeah. to heal our wounds. And I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't think it was going to get this bad in our timeline of WCW, but holy shit.
0: I, I didn't know it was going to get this bad this fast, right? So I've heard legends of how bad some of these pay-per-views get. <laughs> legends. <laughs> the apocryphal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was this many pay-per-views in before stuff started really going south already.
1: Yep, and this is this is a real bad one. I I mean I could probably come up with a drinking game. Some of the stuff is so bad.
0: We might we might have died. Yeah,
1: I might have to have a think about it and give it for people. We'll put that on
0: our Instagram page, maybe. Yeah, if they if they want to put themselves through this pay per view. Of course, for you listeners out there that don't know what we're talking about, sold out is a NWO exclusive pay per view. They won the right to run their own pay per view. Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. What, what do you think of the concept, Fergus?
1: I don't think it's a bad idea in theory and I mean it, it it shakes up what they're doing and it it is a progression of the storyline I mean if they're going to grow the story in some way they have to go one or two ways either they they get defeated and they shuffle off again or they have to win and if they win they have to have some sort of something to do after that so this is what we get
0: how about you Connor did you like the concept it was something that was kind of hard to get across to fans I think even
1: yeah I think it was
2: doomed from the start I I you kind of like it but like why would WCW promote this event and why would WCW <laughs> contracted wrestlers show up to this event so it's just a very weird event the following announcement has been paid for by the WCW for the NWO. It's just like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like they lost a bet to a friend, right? Oppo- opposed to actual warring factions, it's like ah, oh, WCW lost the bet, so it has to buy me a drink. But it was a pay per view. <laughs> I, I feel like they could
2: have started small with, say, like Nitro, which I thought was the original like contract. They just kind of like jumped over that straight to a pay per view. Like they would always invade the commentator booth for a couple matches in nitro but they never had like a whole nitro to themselves so i felt like they could have tested those wars first instead they just like went balls deep with the pay-per-view and this is what you get
0: yeah i I would have assumed that as well i thought that i literally thought that's how it progressed like when when we got signed up to this that's how i thought it went they took over a show and they took over a pay-per-view and fought over the rights that pay-per-views and won and lost but that's not not really anything and I, i thought something that would have helped this is you know Or made it all make sense if WCW had some kind of like, oh, if we win more matches at this pay-per-view, we get the pay-per-views back or something, you know? That would be like an actual storyline or a reason for people to show up and said we just kind of have people getting made fun of by the NWO. All this was just like
2: unfortunate timing as well and weird location because Cedar Rapids, Iowa, doesn't really say NWO like, oh, that's the cool city to be for the NWO, really? I mean, obviously this is a way less buy rate compared to Starcade, and we're in a much smaller arena compared to some of the arenas that I'll mention, the Nitro Recap as well.
1: Oh, really? They're even in smaller than the Nitros.
2: Yeah, they've they've expanded a, a, a ton. Maybe WCW, they just struggled in the January pay-per-views just because this is when, like, WWF, like, really starts to ramp up their yeah, coverage. Yeah, they kick in And WCW tries to, like, go before, like, Halloween Havocs before Survivor Series, Bash at the Beaches before SummerSlam. So this is kind of, like, their downturn, but they don't have
1: to go this low, man.
0: Yeah, maybe it shows that they didn't have utter confidence in the concept. I'm
1: surprised that they picked it the weekend of the Super Bowl. I mean, at least it's the day before, and it's not the exact same night. That probably would have been suicidal in terms of buy rate. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's still an odd week to pick. Everybody is focused on the Super Bowl when that comes around, so... You're not gonna get as much coverage for a start.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So I guess we're gonna go into the nitro recap. A lot happens after Starcade, setting up a few new storylines, and of course we have to see what brought us to this uh, let's call it memorable event. <laughs>
2: Welcome to a new, new, new edition of the Nitro Recap. We are live, chronicling the past month of Monday Night Nitro. So WCW, as a company, they continue their momentum by hosting Nitro in big venues like the Superdome in New Orleans and, of course, my home building, the United Center in Chicago. So ticket sales and ratings continue to soar high with the lead act of the NWO, but Starcade really exposed the cracks of the armor of the NWO with Hogan losing to Piper and the giant dropping the ball to Luger. The following night on Nitro, Bischoff and Hogan, they claim to have the one tape from StarCade. You know, that's how it goes back in those days. Even though WCW showed stills of Piper winning, the NWO shakes it off like nothing happened as they're trying to erase history because they have that one tape. So nobody can see it. Even though I don't know what happened with like the pay-per-view replays. I'm, I'm not sure what the precedent <laughs> what that said, but whatever. What happens if
0: someone wants to buy it? What if there's like a kid at home and he's like, oh, I'm not going to buy it. The NWO have it. It probably doesn't have all the matches.
2: <laughs> it would be amazing if they like edited the tapes somehow. <laughs> I would love that.
0: Good, good marketing play. So
1: yeah. Gotta buy it to find
2: out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, later on that show, Piper would cut a promo claim in Starcade. Bout was going to be his last match until Hogan and Bischoff came out. You can probably guess what happened after nice. this. A few insults exchanged. <laughs> yep. <laughs> NWO hits the ring. Piper is taken out of commission. Next, we get the giant face turn, as we kind of saw coming from Starcade. More on that later, though. So, meanwhile, Piper gets taken out on a stretcher. He's yelling in tongues or jabber. I don't know what it is. <laughs> He's being Piper. <laughs> Yeah. Gus you pretty much described it perfectly. He's having an asthma attack pretty much. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's actually the last we see of Piper for an entire month. That's that's it. Yep. Just more on that on our next episode about Piper.
0: Worth every penny they paid for him.
2: Oh yeah. It's only gonna get better, Dave. Yeah.
1: Man. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> yep.
2: So Hogan and the NWO, they've grown in power where If WCW wrestlers try to take down the NWO, their careers are, they kind of get into jeopardy. We've seen that with uh, Macho Man and Piper. So it's like the old saying, if you come at the king, you best not miss.
0: Yeah, I I guess that's what they're trying to set up. And that's a, it's a cool feeling because it's a good way to set up, in theory, it's a great way to set up a a face winning, right? If everything, you have to make it unsurmountable or it's not fun. See,
2: I like to pose that question as something, you know, abstract and something that's makes wcw smart but i really think it was just hogan barry and other wrestlers oh, of course
0: <laughs> i was about to say yeah that only works if someone actually ever wins oh one one day
2: dave we're, we're gonna do our victory lap but that day is not today of
1: course we got him. <laughs> i, I, I want to say it's gonna be about eight months uh, <laughs> hmm, hmm
2: can't wait (laughs) other notable moments from the past uh, month ddp made his decision at the superdome he accepts the nwo shirt from the outsiders ddp swerves the outsiders by giving the diamond cutter mid-handshake with scott hall then proceeds to escape in the crowd one of the more iconic moments from Nitro. really cool
0: yeah, this is where DDP starts to really get going in his career. I think he's a real good foil to the NWO cuz he's cool in kind of a slightly different way to them. So he still gets to kind of be the uh kind of the anti-face while being cheered against the NWO, which is which is great, which is something they definitely need cuz their current stock of faces aren't kind of cutting it. Oh,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, we'll see that more on the in the match later on in the pay-per-view as well. And I think the, the camera work, too, they, they really captured this moment well, and you can't really say that much about other yeah. WCW moments. <laughs> yeah. and same thing with commentary, they did a great job of putting this over. So, DDP, right, right place, right time, and the Outsiders is their claim to fame, like, oh, we put DDP over this one time. It's like, good job, guys. As for Sting, he made his occasional appearance, giving the bat to Giant to fight off the NWO. We get the first repelling from the rafters <laughs> from Sting. And this was actually at the United Center. So this is your typical basketball arena. So that's quite a drop. So very dangerous.
1: I have to laugh, right? I I get why Sting is like, oh, yeah, we'll give you the bat. You can help. But he gave it to, like, the biggest man on the planet. (laughs) Like, I think he'll be okay.
0: Also, (laughs) people getting saved requires a baseball bat from Sting why aren't they just all carrying around baseball bats if that's all they need to win these matches and be saved? Sting must have
2: a trademark on baseball bats, I guess. (laughs) He has, like, a plus-two bat. It's obviously better than regular bats. (laughs) Perfect. But looking back at the repelling from the rafters, though, it's kind of awkward and it's a tough stunt to watch for obvious reasons. And yeah, there's a reason this has never been repeated since the 90s. Yeah, it always when he
0: like interferes in matches and stuff for it or goes in to save people from beatdowns, it's so awkward. Why not beat him up before he takes off the stuff? Then he'll just be stuck and he can't <laughs> get you. They're well, I just mean, so patient.
1: In theory, he has the bat, so he's just swinging <laughs> it wildly in front of himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's so dangerous, yeah. Yeah. You
2: can't can't be near him. (laughs) We also have the return of the Macho Man. That didn't take long. It's a less-than-stellar return, however, though, because he sits in the middle of the ring for about 10 minutes, (laughs) refusing to leave until he gets a contract claiming he's been blackballed by Eric Bischoff and, Sting, thankfully, eventually leaves with Macho. So, ooh, we don't really see much from uh, Macho Man after that, but that's what happens
0: with him. Riveting. It's riveting stuff.
2: But finally, there was the famous Bischoff NWO promo on a motorcycle, which perfectly personifies (laughs) this pay-per-view to a T. I mean, how far can this powered ego go? I mean, let's find out with the thrilling conclusion of Sold Out 1997. This feature presentation is brought to you in living color.
3: It's ready. Thank, Thank you me. very <laughs> much. Mm-hmm. world order. I stand before you now today. Now you're gonna get it. Humble by, by the, the premiere th- event <laughs> that it is about to, to take place. Our own pay-per-view. We uh, are uh, in control. He's out of control. WCW sucks, sucks. <laughs> the to all of you, Let's rock it. Who have risen to the challenge. MWO, MWO. And a <laughs> or don't like it you couldn't handle the truth we don't care to you i say thank, thank you one and all global dominance you're going down who's next and, to and those of you who have offered yourselves up up as as police. Police. what the hell were you thinking
0: so this intro or part of this intro right before bischoff says all this we get all the nwo writing in black and white on a combination of ambulances and garbage trucks actual factual garbage trucks are the cool vehicle of choice for your cool number one stable they're all hanging out of the back of it they're shouting things at the camera they talk to xbox xbox way too often two things no one talks to xbox that much in real life and secondly there's other just key members <laughs> There's other key members to the NWO. Why did we have to bounce to him like four times? It's so infuriating. At one stage, he's just... Hogan's nowhere inside. Yeah, Hogan must have just been like, I'm not getting on a garbage truck. I'm driving in my limo. And if you don't want that in shot, that's too bad. I'm not getting on the garbage truck.
2: I wonder why the rest of them were not in limos either. Yeah, why
0: aren't they just all in limos? It's so much cooler. Why, Why is it garbage trucks? It's summed up with six running behind one of them and literally shouting, Hey, look at me. <laughs> it's what he shouts what? For, for no reason to no one to the camera. He just runs like the trucks are going real slow because there's people hanging out the back of them, and he just jumps That's... off for a second, does a circle, and says, "Hey, look at me." Why? Let's not forget here: there is no music. Yeah, there are no commentators,
1: so this is all pretty much in mostly silence, other than like the occasional garbage truck wail. And some police sirens and stuff like that. And that's it. And then just general banter between wrestlers who think they're cool, but maybe aren't. It's incredibly awkward. It just must be
2: weird for viewers tuning into this pay-per-view. They they have to be confused at what they're watching.
0: Like, is this a wrestling pay-per-view? I couldn't tell. It took me a while to realize the music wasn't on. Because I was so distracted by what was happening. And then they come into the building. So Hogan, we finally see Hogan, who obviously refused to take part in the first bit, enter the building. Did you see that guy
2: walking with him?
0: Who was walking with him? I didn't see.
2: Oh, you guys missed it. So there's just this random guy that walks in front of Hogan. And it's just a random guy. He's not a part of the crew anything. He's just a
1: (laughs) random guy. That is perfectly encapsulates WCW. Ugh. live tv ladies and gentlemen
0: <laughs> yeah and they're just saying non- they're just saying nonsense and then they're all they all stop at a certain point when they walk backstage a bit and they're all saying nonsense to each other and you can tell they think it's gonna get cut at some stage but it doesn't so they're running out of nonsense phrases to say to each other before it's thrown out to this pre-taped promo video that we uh played a couple seconds ago so it's like real awkward and they, you can tell none of them know when it's gonna stop
2: Yeah, a few notes I have about this. Uh, This garbage truck segment was definitely taped for sure. Maybe the walking inside wasn't. I'm not sure. I mean, it has to be because you would definitely do another take because Hall's like, you smell something, it's us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because they were on garbage
2: trucks, I guess. My favorite was Nash. He goes,
0: hey, camera. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah he's just like i don't
0: care at this stage yeah neither of them ever care you can tell when they've stopped giving a, a flying fuck about any of what they're doing the whole thing though it's three and a half minutes
1: why yeah. is it this long yeah why does it go on for so long why do i need to see the entire nwo and also the dallas cowboys as it turns out i was getting really confused the first time i watched this because i was like why do they keep referencing the dallas cowboys i don't understand what's going on Like, they're not very good this year. And then later on, obviously, it gets revealed. I'm like, oh, okay, right, right,
0: right. Yeah, I thought it was, like, some kind of slang. It's like, oh, we're big athletes, the Dallas Cowboys. Like, we're basically a football team, is what I assume. Because then
1: I looked where it was as well. I was like, maybe it's in Texas. No, no, it's not in Texas. Um, And Dusty is a fan of the
2: Dallas Cowboys, so that we we did uh, nail that correctly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's unfortunate Dusty isn't commentating tonight. We go straight into the segment into... uh, Bischoff on a Citizen Kane-esque kind of podium standing there in a very long leather trench coat like he was in the intro. Which looks horrible, by the way. Was that ever cool? Is it just like my sensibilities of today? <laughs> I, I know the Matrix, and that was cool for a while, kind of Matrix-style ones. But this was like bulky and like buttoned all the way up, and I didn't get it. The, is there something I'm missing? Was it cool, or...? L- literally, like you're saying, it's it, it's a
1: Citizen Kane-type homage that's about it I yeah think. that's all i got from I, it either that or he likes being nazi propaganda that,
0: that's also what i was gonna say it seemed like some kind of dictator propaganda thing but you know this is the citizen kane this pay-per-view is the citizen kane of bad wrestling so it, it makes sense <laughs> it was a good homage <laughs>
2: so what do you guys think of this promo actually because i thought it was actually one of the better things on the show i I wish we could have seen this level like production value for maybe even starcade or maybe for the rest of the show (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what they were going for that like the nwo production staff is better better i doubt
1: it i like how the set looks i like how he's set up he has like all the mics and it's like this big grandstand and it makes it really matter like this is a big deal to them this is the start of something great and it's going to be a new era type thing. And I'm sure there's lots of buzzwords you can use for it. And his promo is good. I The only part of it I don't particularly like is he just insults WCW mostly. Rather than like talking about how great NWO is, it seems to come across more as like, yeah, they just suck. You're like, well, I know we're in storyline, but you are WCW. Like stop giving out about yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My favorite part about this whole thing, too, was, like, the transition from, like, old-timey footage to, like, these, like, slick colors as well. There's, like, hints of, like, blue and red in the background. Mm. And I think this was one of the better performances from Bischoff. And I've I've heard from interviews that he actually takes direction very well. And I think you can tell through this promo.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this has to be, like, probably the highlight of the show, even. I think it's one of the, <laughs> like it's one of the better put together pieces. What, <laughs> We're calling
1: it now best part of the show. The intro, yeah. You can stop. Not you can stop watching
0: yep. now. Uh, yeah, it, like it does set it up well. The garbage truck stuff is badly filmed and and goes on a bit too long. But I can dismiss that as a little bit of like nonsense for the sake of nonsense. When there's a really good promo cut afterwards and there's a good opening to show. And joking aside, I think the imagery is good and the kind of dictator type citizen kane-esque stand with all the microphones makes bischoff look a bit more menacing than he has in a while so i I enjoyed this i i I give props where props is due i think this was well done
1: yeah this should have started the pay-per-view in my opinion Mm. yes just
0: called open into that would have been perfectly fine so one of the things that's a little bit weird is after we see the promo package we then see Bischoff on the stage, on the podium he was on in the promo package. And he walks down the commentary, he has the same flowing, terrible trench coat on. And he changes out of the trench coat, which I think is very funny, into a smaller leather jacket. Because <laughs> of course, to commentate <laughs> on a pay-per-view, you can't have such an encumbersome leather jacket on, that's nonsense. Nor can you just take it off to sit in nothing. You need your smaller leather jacket. I mean, he has to be as comfortable as possible
1: on the random uh, box piece boxes that they're sitting on. I think they're meant to be uh, amps or whatever. NWO boxes but, trademark. Yeah. Why the fuck are they
2: not wearing NWO shirts? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it's really frustrating.
1: Why is there care. so much dead air? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it takes forever. There's a good two, three minutes of nothing where they just kind of sit around and then they kind of look at the screens and there's nothing going on. And then eventually some stuff appears and it's like Hall, Nash and Hogan. Also, they introduce them and the font is the worst font I have ever seen used for a (laughs) pay-per-view. Do you know what we'll do? We'll give you their names, but then we'll cross them out and cover them up. So you're going to have to figure out who this person is. Like if I'd never watched wrestling and you were watching
0: this pay-per-view... I would already have checked out now. I'd be like, no, I'm on. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) And the crowd hate it as well. The crowd don't know what's going on. So they've obviously seen some kind of opening package as well. Or at least just a pyro and Bischoff standing there and some kind of preamble. And now they have to just watch Bischoff. And he's in no hurry. He's in no goddamn hurry to walk down. To DiBiase who's waiting, these are our two commentators for the night at their commentator boxes because they sit like cool kids on the edge of boxes instead of behind a desk like any other normal commentator ever has in the history of wrestling. But he changes his coat and DiBiase doesn't have his headpiece on so DiBiase could just be talking to the crowd this entire time, isn't. DiBiase then cannot get his headset on when they start talking. (laughs) (laughs) So there's more dead air as Bischoff kind of gives out a little bit to DiBiase oh and so good it's like no one planned and this is a general theme throughout the pay-per-view it's like no one planned the pay-per-view
2: oh it's there's none you can tell yeah, yeah.
0: they're like oh we'll just be on commentary okay but where are you gonna start well open the stage with my massive podium obviously right what are we gonna do in the meantime what do you mean i'm just gonna walk down and i'm eric bischoff so everyone's gonna watch me with bated breath obviously it is it is a weird start are they looking at monitors? How are they looking at the
1: match? Yeah, there doesn't appear to be any monitors, so I don't know how they're commentating. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they, they must be somewhere They must have them so, just somewhere out of shot. I hope right. there's a TV down at like the floor or something, and that's what they're looking at. Or maybe when they go down, that they're looking in a different direction or something. Because at one point they have they have they put their dad glasses on at some point. Yeah. So I'm like I'm guessing like they need their glasses
2: to see the match to see it. Yeah. So I, yeah yeah I don't even know if they have them on. <laughs> when, I have no when they cut
0: back randomly they both have them on during one of the matches. I'm like yeah. you've lost all credibility on.
1: There's also the other thing we haven't noticed I haven't noted so far. Why is there a band? <laughs> There's just a band there. Unfortunately, we cannot hear what they're playing because the the network has
2: obviously dubbed them out. I mean, a trick you to see if, like, a band is actually playing the track. In whatever case, movie, commercial, whatever, just look at the drummer. Because yeah. I'm a drummer, so I always look at the drummer. You can always tell. Drummer's not even close to whatever the, the dub job that whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: There's a good bit where they cut back to them, and it's just, like, they're not even paying attention on this music going on. I'm like, okay, they're not playing at all.
0: Good, good to know. So what are the chances <laughs> that these guys did the intro music for the Pleb NWO members? and that's why so to jump a little bit ahead all the tier two members as we call them so not the outsiders or hogan get separate music they don't get the iconic end of the old music they got get this like really naff generic metal kind of music it's not even metal Dave. yeah it's like it's like slightly <laughs> heavier rock i guess it's I rockabilly
1: yeah that's, that's, uh, <laughs> okay That's that's a fair that's a fair point you're giving it too much credit, guys. It's just shit. That's all <laughs> it <is. laughs> like, this is what we're hearing on the network. We will yeah. stress that. I mean, maybe they, they get something a bit cooler on the actual show, but on the network,
0: it's real bad. Okay, we're going to interrupt this section a little bit. We've recorded this after the fact because we did a lot of research on this uh, pay-per-view, but we found out that the band play a little song. We didn't know about it, but they have a five-minute like NWO song. Connor found out about it uh, off the internet. What did you find, Connor?
2: Well, apparently they did a five-minute song right before the Buff Bagwell Scotty Riggs match, and I had listened to like other podcasts, read some articles, like inside, like a lot of insider stuff. But nobody mentioned a long, lengthy performance by the band. And I, I knew that the network had dubbed out all the music the band was playing, but to cut that out completely, thank you WWE for cutting that crap out because. <laughs> Holy shit, because you get Miss NWO and then you get a five minute band r- performance.
0: That's exactly what the fans have come to watch, right? The fans in the stadium foaming at them out for a random NWO song. Not even that,
2: like, when you go to wrestling shows, like, I don't want to see a music performance. And music performances, just like, at, like WrestleMania and shit, like, it's never really that entertaining.
0: Okay, well, well we're going to listen to a little bit of the clip itself. I'm sorry we got to do this to you guys, but you got to experience the Majesty, which is the NWO song. Do you have a better title for it, Connor? NWO's song. Is, is that the best we, we can do? Do you think the band is somewhere with their copyright to this song? Just like rubbing their hands, like the money's gonna come in any day now.
4: <laughs>
0: New World Order.
4: New
2: World Order. I mean, it has to be a band that like one of the bikers knew or something, or just a band, like a random cover band that was just down the street. I mean, they're not great, but they're not like ungodly bad or anything.
0: Yeah, I like their, their generic sounds like a band starting up in their garage, kind of kind of thing. I, right. Um, it, knowing WCW,
2: I'm sure they asked them, "Hey, you guys have like one week to write a song <laughs> or something like that." I mean, that's what it sounds like, and that's what probably happened.
0: Knowing WCW, Eric Bischoff wrote it. That's what that's that's what knowing oh, WCW. Was, thank
2: God. I love his line though. I I brought some jack-old friends with me. They've come to kick some booty in a one-legged man contest. Like
0: uh, Again, your team is you're from the army, you're talking jackals, you're all like down with the kids and metal and but you say booty. You're interviewing women about what they do to NWO members, but you have to say kick booty. What? <laughs> you gotta gotta keep it gotta keep a PG. We gotta perv on old women, but gotta keep it as pg as possible gotta get those kids invested in the nwo
2: the best part though was when he tries to start like his new world order chance the crowd is having
0: no. none no. of it just <laughs> <boo>. <laughs> yeah they, well, they just had to sit through a jarrett match and then a five minute a five minute performance that no one wanted and i'm gonna include the band i don't think the band wanted it and then they had to sit through a buff bagwell match yeah,
2: just thank, thank God this is the only performance that the band has. Otherwise, they just play the background music for some odd reason.
0: Yeah. Uh, also to note, uh, we were saying on the episode that we were pretty sure that the uh, B-NWO music wasn't dubbed. It indeed isn't, and we found out a bit more research after that it goes on for at least another six, seven months. Still useful for six, seven months from now, so Hooray. <laughs>
2: I love how the singer, they call him Captain Virgil as well. Yeah,
0: it's, it's weird. You know, when I never got about bands like this, they're wrestling bands, and the same was like with the DX band and their whole movement. Why is the army so cool? Why is he a captain in the army? And why is that metal? Is yeah, it Why is he wearing a beret? Yeah,
2: It's not metal though, that's the thing. It's really weird. Yeah,
0: usually rock and metal is like very anti-establishment. And then like the DX, DX's whole team is they're, they're on a tank and they're like an army, they're the DX army. And at the end, we all have this random band where... The guy's a captain, and he's very military-themed. I never got why that's cool. And the, and the
2: other members, they look like your stereotypical like band metal band members or wannabe metal band members. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't agree more. It's it's overall bizarre, and echo your sentiment. Kudos to the network for cutting it out. Well, thanks for letting us uh, interrupt the main cast, and we're going to go back and uh, hear what Gus has to say about it.
1: There's so many things that they're trying to do all at once and all of them fail almost immediately.
2: Well, what do you guys think about the three screen, like intro though? I actually thought that was kind of cool. I mean, it didn't really do anything. It was still impressive at the time to sync up like three. from different-
1: 1997, this looks unbelievable. Everybody's used to having like the typical entrance rampway, really crappy stuff behind on generic music and everything. And they've gone like gigantic screens, these massive stairway into, into the arena. And then they have the lights above, which constantly seem to be streaming like NWO and different words and things like that all the time. And it just looks so different and it looks really cool. Okay, maybe nowadays it might not be the the best looking thing that you've ever seen. But at the time, like nobody's doing this kind of big production production. Shows Definitely not in January uh, for a random pay-per-view that isn't necessarily building to anything. They've taken a very different approach, but, oh, there's so many poor decisions. And it's going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, where do you, you want to start?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed the stage as well. I think the triple screen thing, they have, you know, the three original members on it just saying random things. It was cool, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, it was kind of... They just kind of said very random things, and I, I get that's what they think is cool, because you can tell by all their promos and all their... They just say random buzzwords and that's what they're doing. I wish they had utilized it like a little bit more except for like in people's entrances or, you know, maybe Hogan and Nash and uh, Scott popping up and maybe saying something bad about the faces or something good about the NWO members. But that's kind of the only time they really utilize it properly. Don't be silly, Dave. That would require logic. Yeah, and also more than 10 seconds of Hall and Nash's time, I guess. You know, there they're, they're weren't yeah. a lot of money. I don't know if you want to call them out for extra work all the time. Yeah, I wonder sometimes, do they get
1: paid by, like, the hour... And that's why they're not on the show so much? Or did they just realize how bad the idea is? There was a lot of that. I, I looked at some shoot
2: interviews and they were like, I I want nothing to do with this. Okay, yeah. I I,
1: yeah. I I couldn't believe that. I think the three of those guys are smart enough that they knew, like, let's not be too associated with this. Because we know it's not going to work.
0: Okay, so our first match of the evening is one that had a lot of promise. I think I was looking forward to it. It's Chris Jericho versus, I can never get his first name right, Masashuric. Masahiro 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 Is it Chono Do you pronounce it Chono or Kono? I think it's
1: Chono Chono
0: I think it's Chono I I heard people say both ways in the pay-per-view So I'm going to go with Chono with you guys Fergus do you want to give us a bit of background on Chono? Chono
1: is one of the probably premier wrestlers From this period of wrestling in in Japan He pretty much only wrestled in New Japan For the majority of his career And he would have been the main One of the main event guys Always would have been in the mix for their main title And I know as Connor notes in our lovely, lovely messages that um, he has won the G1 Climax five times, which is probably their biggest tournament that they run every year and usually makes a star out of whichever guy wins it. So the fact that he's won the most of them really shows how much they cared about him. He's also like a legitimate badass. He doesn't give two shits. So he's probably, he's a great wrestler. I highly recommend if you've never seen him, don't watch this match. It is not representative (laughs) of how good he is as a wrestler. Go look up some lists, particularly any of his G1 final matches against like Ricky Chasu, or I think he has some other stuff with uh, Masawa at one point, and they're great. Also, it's arguable that he is the person who created the MWO, some people will say that they did a similar kind of invasion style angle during uh, the mid-90s in Japan, and that's where Eric stole the idea. This is I think this is kind of how he ends up as one of the NWO wrestlers. It's kind of like, yeah, we we know we stole your gimmick. Just come over and we'll, we'll we'll take care of you.
2: Yeah, his his nitro matches aren't anything to be desired either. Avoid those as
1: well. <laughs> they wrestle a different style. It's not it doesn't really gel well with American crowds. He's not hes not expecting to wrestle only 10 minutes, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think anything he does... But before jumping into the match, I don't think anything he does is bad. There's like one botch that will go over, but I think it's just a, a mistake, uh, not bad wrestling. Nothing he does is bad. You can see his character shine through in his 10 minutes, but it never gets out of second gear, really. So we get treated to what we uh, see in the whole pay-per-view, and it's one of, my, one of the most frustrating parts of this pay-per-view. Jericho comes down to no music and just insults by uh the voice of the nwo i think we'll dub it saying things like chris i should have stayed with hockey jericho is one of the insults thrown out to jericho <laughs> and it is just really off putting you can tell the crowd aren't sure what to do because the crowd are conditioned to react to music right they're conditioned to start cheering or booing the dep- uh, booing depending on what music they hear and no music means the crowd don't know when to pop all of a sudden they just see jericho And he got some mixed reactions. You know, this is supposed to be the quote-unquote NWO crowd. So he's getting boos and cheers. But they don't know when to start. He's like halfway down the ramp before and he's starting. He's shouting, come on, before anyone notices he's even there.
2: This is probably one of my least favorite things about the pay-per-view. It just brings the energy down completely.
1: It kills the crowd.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%.
1: I mean, I guess I kind of knew it instinctively. But actually watching the pay-per-view where people arrive with no music... It really shows how much it is a Pavlovian response. You're trained, you know. If somebody's music comes on, you know who they are. You know how to react. And because there's none of that, people just kind of stand around. They wait and they go, oh, it's that guy. Okay. Yeah. But
0: you'll even see this with like divisive characters. Right. So one, I think, huge example of this was, um, I can't remember which Royal Rumble, but when John Cena comes back from his injured Royal Rumble, when he comes in 30th, the pop for that is immense. People, like, they didn't expect him to be there. His music is very iconic. Comes out of nowhere. People cheer. What they don't show you on the network is 10 seconds, 20 seconds later, they're booing because they remember, oh, wait, I don't actually want to cheer John Cena. But they got you. You know, they got that reaction because people instinctively, like you say, Pavlovian, the face's music is on. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I don't like that face. No, I never. I didn't mark out. You marked out. <laughs> we don't have to listen to Jericho's music, though. So, yay. Yeah ah hey. oh, i love jericho's music that's true
1: that was the thing that was tearing me a bit i was like right i don't get music but i don't get shit music which is worse oh, at oh, that point oh,
0: hold,
2: hold gust we get a lot of shit music <laughs> well it's the nwob yeah, that's theme
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. oh
0: <laughs> if you don't like it you're gonna hear it what nine fucking times oh i hated it so the first time i heard it i'm like well if chono has terrible music at least we won't be hearing it again but the B the, team oh, so <laughs> get the worst music of all time. And it's funny some of the people that lump in. Because as you said, Chono's a big deal and he doesn't get NWO music. And later on in the pay-per-view, I thought Six was quite tight with like the big tree. And was considered, a, not a big deal, but considered nah. kind of a step above the plebs. I love that this is a bit like... I wonder if the guys think I'm a big deal and you walk out to the ramp and you hear this music and you're like, oh, they don't, think I, they don't think I'm a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Poor X-Pac.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nah, he's, he's never the same. Never the same. What I really was annoyed at uh, immediately is that Nick Patrick is not only back, but he's refereeing a Chris Jericho match. <laughs> that really bothered me. I'm like, they've literally had a fight like two months ago. And now it's just like, okay, yeah, sure, let's carry on.
2: It doesn't bother you more that he's the referee for every single match? Well, that also bothers me,
1: but I was going to bring that up <laughs> later because uh, I feel bad. Like, even even Eric and Ted feel bad because they they even pointed out that he's refereeing every single match. I think that's kind of distracting too because they're it's like they're putting Nick Patrick over more than the wrestlers. Yeah. There's also the fact that, I like, if you're refereeing every match...
0: Why do you go back and then out every single time? Well, this is the thing that is really annoying because obviously they're trying to get a quick conversation with the road agents or wrestlers about something that's going to happen in the match. I mean, so usually, sure, but... That's why they have to change refs, right? Because they, they just... Well, one, working, as they pointed out, working for three and a half hours or whatever it is, is hard. But two, you want like fresh refs that have been able to talk to the road agents and it's a good excuse to swap in and out like what happens if a match changes the last moment or ref just doesn't know and they have to make up for that by making nick patrick come back out with each <laughs> nwo member which is ridiculous he also gets in the
1: way of i think pretty much every wcw wrestler because yeah. yeah. he's always in the camera angle and you're like oh there he is again
0: okay go. yeah the only staff oh, yeah. member available
1: there, he's he's lower on the bar of uh, egregious errors in this pay-per-view let's be honest
0: <laughs> so chono does come into this uh generic music I think the first thing I want to say before the action really starts is, uh, man, Nick Patrick looks sweet with a backwards cap. <laughs>
4: yeah. That,
0: that's how you can tell he's a bad guy and it pulls it off like no one else. Is that because you like wearing a cap backwards? I do. I do. But yeah. I don't, I, I've never thought it made me look evil. I don't think I'm good Dave when I, do, when I don't have the cap on. What you
1: need are two uh, earrings and you need them to be really gaudy and this hooped. Is this, this
0: is This uh, is lessons I should be taking into real life at the moment. The match starts with some early kind of test of strength, kind of showing off how tough Chono is. No selling some shoulder tackles. We get the classic test of strength. In general, Chono coming out a few cheap tactics, but on top of the early exchanges of Jericho, we get a really nice uh, flying shoulder tackle from the top by Chono, and he's looking in the like the strong guy. They're establishing roles. Looks fine. Classic Jericho come back. We get a spinning heel kick. Chono to the outside. We get a springboard to the outside. Bounce off the second rope, top rope to the outside. On the outside, we have Jericho hurting his left knee, which he sells for a bit. And when they come back inside, we have the classic USA chance for the Canadian, for the Canadian <laughs> wrestler. Because how dare hey, you look foreign if you're in a in a ring? You got it. You got to give props to Eric. Eric immediately calls it out. He he makes the fans mm. maybe seem less idiotic because he says, uh, "Oh, the fans know where they are, not not mm. you know who they're cheering for." To be fair to Eric and Ted, I think they do a reasonable
1: job of commentary on most of the pay-per-view, but they really definitely in this I, match. I would have to disagree with you. <laughs> I think he does they do okay in this match. Maybe not the entire pay-per-view, but it comes up a couple of times where they do make an effort to actually pull up some of the other wrestlers, like I know Ted does Actually go, yeah, Chris is a good wrestler. He has the talent and he has stuff like that. And then they go, okay, but the NWO is better kind of thing. But at least they make the effort. Maybe it doesn't pan out for the entire pay-per-view. But I think they do an okay job in in certain matches.
0: Yeah, I think there's certain matches. So this first match isn't the worst thing of all time. Because I know Connor, I was talking to Connor about the pay per view before I saw it, and he said it was terrible, but I think it gets a much worse than this match. Like, I think there's periods where they're, they almost don't sound like commentators. They sound like two buddies. They sound like if we were actually live watching one of these matches and talking, and maybe even worse. So there's actually a classic example here because after this exchange, the knee has worked a little bit. We get a chop block by uh, Chono onto the knee to sell it, and Chris gets back into the match, gets a bit of momentum back with a nice insigurate to the back of the head. And Bishop says, forget all the wrestling vernacular that people try to attach to that move. That's a jump that's a jump back leg round kick. It's that simple, is yep. it Eric? It's that simple. Thank <laughs> you. Couldn't just say Anziguri, no. No. Th- no. We'll, we'll we'll break it down into multiple words instead. Thanks for that, Eric.
2: The other thing that really bothers me about Bischoff is like his remark that of course he has to bring in about the free tickets. At the local 7-Eleven.
0: Yeah, what
1: pay-per-view is he referencing?
2: Uh, the Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. That's what the WWF apparently did because they had it in like, a huge dome, so they wanted to make sure they sure. felt like it was sold out. But why do they have to go to the well at this point to point out your competition? And why I don't know why you have to refer to the competition yeah. when you're on top. Because, I mean, WCW, they're doing way better than the WWF at this point.
0: Probably because he has no material, I imagine. Yeah, Bischoff does that a couple times in this pay-per-view. Just little remarks about the other company, and again, you don't need to. Also, you, you know, it historically backfires. I can't wait to... I'll, I'll watch that Nitro, and then I'll flick over to the other channel. It just comes across as petty, and what if what if someone's like, what are they talking about? WWF gave away tickets? Maybe I can get a ticket. All you're doing is making people aware that there's another product running opposite yours, as opposed to this random slander campaign that doesn't really do much.
2: My other problem with it, too, is there's so much of this pay-per-view... I think what I don't like about the commentary is they keep saying oh, this is the real deal, this, we're changing wrestling, and it's obviously like, is it your character that's thinking this, or do you think it's Eric Bischoff, the person that's thinking this? Because obviously this show is not, spoiler it, it fucking tanks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my commentary, the more I think about it, is probably geared towards Ted. Ted does a better job of Certainly. being a good commentator.
0: Yeah, Ted just so. says normal things. Yeah, at times he's,
2: he's awkward, though. So. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Like, they're, they're not a good commentary duo, I just... I wanted to try and be positive about something at some point. Okay, okay. I'll I'll, I'll concede (laughs) to that. (laughs) What I'll say is I think
0: it's harder for your color commentator to be good when your play-by-play is bad. So it's not like your color can all of a sudden go, oh, you missed that, or just talk over your play-by-play. But if you have a good play-by-play, it's very easy to talk over your color commentator and direct the traffic. So I think DiBiase has to live off what Bischoff feeds him, and sometimes it's not a lot. And sometimes it's just silence. So next couple sequences we get in the match is a nice spinning elbow into a German suplex uh, by Jericho. We get Nick Patrick's first and goddamn it, not the last slow count he gives at this pay per view. There are a lot of them. Chono gets back a bit of momentum, sleeper into a reverse DDT, and we get the botched moment after this. We were talking about in the pay per view. Chono goes up top after a reverse DDT. Jericho charges him down, stops selling the knee for a second to charge him down, and Chono kind of just awkwardly falls on him. It looks like Jericho might have been going for like going up top for a superplex real quick, or but Chono just kind of falls down on him. Jericho gets the full mount and just gives him a slap. It's it's kind of awkward. Neither guy knows what to do.
2: I have it down. They they go for like a bit of a cuddle.
0: Yeah, they have, they have <laughs> they have a bit of a cuddle. The cuddle does not lead to anything chono gets the upper hand again in the match and goes outside to set up the table this as far as i know is a singles match and is again feeding into the storyline of uh nick patrick is just willing to look the other way as long as it's a nwo wrestler and that gets really frustrating special guest referee matches are a thing a whole card of special guest referee matches god on my nerves how did it affect your guys enjoyability of this oh it's the worst yeah, it's real bad, right? <laughs> Not just me. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah.
1: The whole point of wrestling is there's a variety. Like, you get something different, or you try to in, in each match. Knowing that you're going to get exactly the same thing when it's something that is, like, trickery and just bullshit. It gets real old real fast.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I I, I didn't think it was just going to be me. but So Chono uh, sets the table up outside and goes for a suplex from the inside to outside. And if I watched modern wrestling, I'd go, well, that's never going to happen. But we've seen some really nasty bumps up until this point. And that it actually sold me that Jericho was going to take this bump. I think Jericho seems like the kind of guy that wants to impress, like, the Japanese hotshot as well. So I believe he was going to go true. Fortunately, I guess, for wrestling fans, Jericho doesn't. Reverses it into the inside and... Uh, Gets a hot missile drop kick. I what I want to point out at this point before we
1: get to the finish of the match is what point do we get the Gonzo style camera angle? <laughs> the Gonzo because Gonzo. that's the best way I can describe it. At this point, it's meant it looks like kind of point of view, kind of like yeah. oh, it's really realistic, and we've put a load of Vaseline in front of the camera lens, so it looks kind of shitty. oh, yeah. and-
2: I'll will step on this. Um, this is my my expertise. So. Yeah. So what they used was called lipstick mics, but they look like boom mics on boom poles. It
1: looks like a boom mic with a camcorder on top of it.
0: It looks like a selfie pole. It looks like <laughs> yeah. the longest selfie pole I've ever seen in my life.
2: <laughs> it's really jarring, though, when they cut to it at first, because one, it's not steady. Yeah. The color balance it's is completely
0: different. Yeah.
2: From the like the, the broadcast cameras. And it has like a slight fisheye effect. It has like that wide-angle
1: lens kind of feel. And a true WCW style. It's not getting everything that it should and missing things.
2: Yeah, I feel bad for the guys that have to, to carry it too because it, those it's really hard to get like a steady shot. Yeah, of that that's
1: and... unlike you. I, I I never went to college for it, but I did do some some film and stuff when I was younger. And it looks like hell for the guy because it's a really long boom mic that mm-hmm. he's dealing with. And I assume they're it's the same guy for the entire night, so that's a lot of effort. And the fact that they're able to get anything with such a long boom is is actually quite impressive I think but it's so jarring and it's really awful and there's a there's a match later on and I think it completely exposes a wrestler's finisher in the worst mm-hmm. way when it first did that I just kind of went what
0: the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah it was it was really hard to watch And it was fine when it was just a couple moments. But later on in the pay-per-view, they obviously get more comfortable with it. And there's just like a match where they have it for more than a minute. And I just want to turn it off. I just want to stop watching. Also, these wrestlers are used to like wrestling for certain cameras, right? Yeah, they want to go to the hard cam all the time. And now there's a constant moving camera that's overhead. I think you're playing with fire and you're just going to expose, quote-unquote expose. I know kayfabe isn't. Is probably pretty dead at this point in the industry, but you're exposing that it's fake more and more because people don't know what to cover up to. Yeah, so halfway right through the match, roughly we get shots of the WCW guys coming into the crowd. We get Arn, Booker T, Stevie Ray, and I can never remember her name. Is it Miss Sherry? Sister Sherry. Sister Sherry yeah.
2: We get Meng in like a dress shirt. Yeah, we, we, get I'm the, barbarian. The yeah. we get the
0: faces. Yeah. <laughs> At one stage in the pay per view, we panted them, and obviously when you panted them, they're supposed to look serious and like boo NWO, but they're just kind of almost smiling at each other and chatting, and you can see Mang obviously reaching for his drink on the ground, and the camera just pans away quickly because God forbid we get a wrestler <laughs> having a drink on camera; he's supposed to be serious all the time. We got Michael and Deborah the crowd as well, which is important for a storyline later. I, I think it's kind of a cool concept. Like, why wouldn't they be here to kind of protest and look after their own guys? If you're going by that kind of sense, uh, I want to know how they managed to get such sweet tickets so easily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> particularly
1: Randy Anderson, who will come into play oh, later. Yeah, too, Randy but... Anderson is there. Yeah, yeah, he's with Arnold. Also, I love Randy Anderson is like not dressed up at all for the pay per view. He's wearing sweatpants.
0: And some sneakers. Like, eh, whatever. That's what I would wear to a pay per view. You gotta be comfortable. Over three hours, probably, in there. So Eric says stuff like this a lot, and I think he just makes them sound really cheap, or make the NWO sound really cheap. He's like, they had to pay for their tickets. Like, I would assume that they know the staff and they just got in, but it's good to know the NWO are getting their value out of WCW, I guess. Going into the last sequence, Jericho goes to the well again, but this time uh, Chono gets up. Hits Jericho with a big boot. He wobbles kind of towards the table. Uh, But Chono doesn't even give like a second for that kind of drama to build up. He just walks over to him, (laughs) grabs him and tosses him through the table. Nasty enough looking bump. But uh, I think it was uh, decent. I thought he was just going to roll him in and finish him. But Chono rolls him in, hits the big boot, which they call the, the mafia boot, I think.
1: Mafia kick, yeah. Mafia Mafia kick, kick, apologies.
0: Eric calls the mafia kick. Not sure if that's his actual official title for the move, and that gets the finish. I think it was, actually. Yakuza kick, yeah. Yakuza kick. Yeah, I guess people might not know what the Yakuza is. So, mafia kick, it it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that just gets the one, two, three finish. I think kind of a nice sequence, you know, bringing the table in the match, even though it's not no DQ is a bit... It's not irritating now, but it gets irritating then. the card, all this stuff ignored. But, yeah, I was a fan of this finish. I I think the the finish is
1: fine. I think the match overall is grand. They don't have nearly enough time to do what they probably want to do. It's perfectly average.
2: I was actually kind of surprised by your reaction to this match. I thought there was just no reason to have this. The work rate was kind of average. Expected more from the talent. Nobody really cared. It's blatantly obvious that WCW struggles when the Cruiserweight Championship match isn't the opening match.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that.
1: Agreed.
2: I I,
0: I think I want to agree with Fergus a little bit here. I think it's a good opening 8 to 10 minutes of a 15 to 20 minute match. So I think they're starting to get warm and they're starting to get into sequences and selling psychology. So they set up Chono as the strong man. They had Jericho injure his knee. So, you know, he's taking damage while going for his high risk stuff. They had a bit of a, you know, rest spot, which is Chono getting the table and teasing towards it. The burn time in the middle. It feels like we're in the middle of a 20-minute match, not at the end of a 10-minute match.
1: That's what I think is that they would be more accustomed to going longer. I don't doubt that they only had 10 minutes. It's not like they had 20 and they were told, oh, you have to finish now. But I think they're more accustomed to working longer and it just doesn't fit very well. Uh, I do think Jericho does try his hardest and he does come off reasonably well. Like the crowd does react to him, I think, a, a little bit. Because they, they do manage to assemble a good face and heel dynamic, it's really average. It's not something I would go, oh, yeah, you should go watch that. It's really good.
2: Yeah, I guess no. where I'm coming from is that I just know that they don't really do anything more with Chono. I mean, we're going we're to talk about him one more time on the podcast, but you just know this isn't really going anywhere.
1: Yeah, this is totally throwaway. Yeah.
0: What I've noticed from Chono a bit, though, is... Unlike some of the other foreign wrestlers that come in and they're just wrestling, they're just trying to do sweet moves. Chono is trying to establish himself as a heel, like he plays up to the crowd, he does like he does these power moves, but he's, you know, in the middle of the test of strength, he's kicking Jericho. So it feels like he's not being lazy, but instead of busting out these four-star matches, he's like, okay, I have 10 minutes, let's make sure the fans know who the heel and who the face is.
2: Sure. His whole introduction into the NWO was like, okay, but again, like the crowd just doesn't know who this guy is again. Mm. And I guess that's the inherent problem with a lot of the foreign wrestlers. Oh, there's
1: no back work done whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd agree with you, Connor, as well. The big thing, this is the opening match of the pay-per-view. You want something to engage the crowd and this just doesn't do that because it's not the type of match that would do it.
0: I agree. So this next segment, and we get one of these, I think, between every match is the NWO girl segment. Dude, you gotta get it right. It's the Miss, Miss NWO. NWO. Miss NWO. Yeah. I sound a bit hesitant and downtrodden because this has genuinely put a stain <laughs> on my soul <laughs> for the rest of my life. I did not know. I never heard this was a thing. And when I heard it, I thought they were going to go, you know what? This era of wrestling is pretty degrading to women. They're probably just going to get a couple models on and choose one at the end of the show. No, they got what they called local talent. And they show us here in the first segment the entries that they were sent that they didn't get. So it's a bunch of letters and pictures of women that didn't get to enter this competition. I'd actually blocked this out of my brain. (laughs) I'd forgotten about that. (laughs) These letters and pictures also come with some terrible, terrible comments by the commentary team. Including a beautiful reference when a random woman which was pictured with a chainsaw on a log that she was standing over so she'd obviously been chopping some wood and the comments that the commentators say is she knows how to cut some wood it's a weird comment to make eric but okay and it was noted that she's from wisconsin so ted of course said it looks like she eats a lot of cheese let's go with the lowest common denominator fantastic and definitely definitely wanted to make me keep watching the show
1: yeah of
2: course we get boring chance
1: yeah
0: fully deserved by the way yeah because obviously they can't hear anything i'm proud of the crowd rallying against this a little bit because even when they do hear it when we're thrown to our presenter for the segment no one in the crowd reacts there's like a tiny pocket of the crowd that maybe cheers or boos but no one gives a flying (laughs) Like, fuck about this. <laughs> but this whole thing is just an Eric Bischoff wet dream, right? All these mm. girls own the bikes they're sitting on, apparently. And there's fighting, and Eric thinks he's on the cool team. Eric is on the popular kids' side. This is of just course. a whole entire setup. I assume it's Eric's birthday or something. Like, oh, we'll just let him do what he wants for his birthday. <laughs> it's,
1: it's just the Eric Bischoff show. He's like, I'm going to make my own pay per view. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, Dave. Obviously, all three of us are like against this segment, but I was particularly like when I watched this, I went, oh my God, what is Dave going to think of this?
0: (laughs) It's really funny. It's funny because it's happened and I don't have to currently watch women be put through this live, but this is the like pinnacle of what women were in wrestling. These are random fans. Like I can't. There's like five of these we have to talk about.
1: Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, man. I can't even believe like Jeff Katz, the interviewer, who's basically like a proto Eric Bischoff.
2: Yeah, I I have down. He's an MTV VJ more.
1: Well, I'm I'm going proto Eric because all he does is talk in innuendo. And he's trying okay, to, like, sure. skis on every single woman yeah. in every single segment. The indoor
0: sunglasses.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. He <sighs> just looks like a weird guy that would be in the NWO, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we have, like, all these, like, cool, long hair, beards, and, like, it's just this, like, clean cut, like, he's teenagers. so pasty
1: like... white. He's, like, clammy. And, oh, it's just gross. And the, I say best part of this is they clearly haven't even talked to these women yeah oh obviously like they haven't even tried to go look this is what we're going to talk about this is what you should probably say this is what we'll go through no no no. we'll just ask ask them on live air and see how it goes it goes about
0: as well as you would expect yeah it goes perfectly definitely what they had planned in their mind
1: so this
2: is like this whole pageant thing I, i i'm gonna ask this question a lot on this podcast what the fuck
0: is the point of this well, these things are really popular in America at the time. So, like, other companies have tried to get in on, like... Are they? M- yeah, mispatches are really popular at the time. Oh but in wrestling? Oh, not in wrestling, but it's like they're just trying to okay. get in on it. They're like, this is what the average American likes. There could be a circumstance which this is done... And WWE, WWF did a lot of them at this stage. You know, bringing them all out in bikinis. I don't, I don't say they should do it, but if they just trotted a bunch of models yeah. out in bikinis, they would have got a reaction.
2: Sure, I, I'm, I'm saying like, what is their What's angle? What's the point? Here? What, what, yeah. Oh, yeah. are they meaning to be like ironic or? Their
0: point is Eric wants to maybe have sex with a couple girls without going out to a bar afterwards. I think is literally the entire <laughs> point of the segment. I think this is joking aside. I think this is entirely Eric Bischoff going. Well, I think this is funny and sexy and everyone else going uh like maybe i guess eric has brought us this far we'll just listen do you really think
2: he thinks it's funny
0: though yeah he i think he thinks it's hysterical like you can see it on his face. We'll jump ahead a little bit, but the last segment he gets to choose who wins, and I think he is loving every second. That he's like joking it up with oh. with head, and I don't want to think about that, Dave. Please, don't. Yeah, let's focus let's on where we're at. Okay. No. so poor poor uh, poor Jeff gets to poor add. Jeff nothing. Jeff doesn't give a shit. It's thrown to Jeff to ask the questions of the girls. The first thing he asks of the crowd is, are you ready to crown first Miss NWO? And the crowd react to that. So maybe there, as I said, maybe there's something, if it was executed in a different way, that's there. And then he says, do you like biker chicks? Silence. Crickets. No one cares (laughs) that they're biker chicks. And I think everyone realizes it's just a random girls that are sitting around the ring and on the uh, stage proving further that this is entirely for Eric and no one else and the girls get asked these like sexual innuendo questions that they've as Gus said have obviously not been vetted with they have no idea these questions are coming and they're like uh anything he wants is like four of the seven answers
2: Oh, no, we have to go through all the questions. No, please, please don't. I did not please write, don't. I did not write
0: down the questions
2: for this pure purpose. Question number one. <laughs> oh,
0: God.
2: <laughs> what does the term NWO going all the way mean to you?
0: I didn't I tried to listen to her answer and didn't get it twice. And then I'm like, no, I, I'm not listening to this again.
2: Yeah, she says fallacia or something? Yeah. I don't know I don't know and then uh, and then he goes yeah. is that it and then she's like
1: that's so far and then he's like okay
0: <laughs> the first question I know is a stellar start and you can tell on Jeff's face he's like oh what have I got myself into <laughs> yeah
1: I can't believe I'm doing this I hope that's what he's saying in his brain
0: yeah it's a, it's a bit like terrible version of the dating game right yeah it's like blind date yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that American show where these stupid guys used to ask you know if I was an apple and you were a teacher which way would you shine me or something like that you know it's <laughs>
1: you've said dating game and I've got a wonderful image of Scylla Black asking these questions now. And Connor has no idea who I'm talking about, but trust me, it's it's a it's a choice image.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to top all this off, the cherry on top of the shit Sunday, that is the segment in five pieces, is they don't refer to the girls by their name. They are girl one no, no. and they are girl two and they got those numbers on them, just like sellotaped to them. <laughs> just a piece of paper with one on it, sellotaped to them. So you can't forget which girl is which. When they first did the panning before they
1: got to this segment, I have it written down. I'm like, why do they have numbers on them? And then I found out. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh,
2: God.
1: Oh, <laughs> God. All right, we got plenty more. Oh, I need
0: to to take a shower before you go to the next segment.
1: Let's get on to the next one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's go to the next match, of course. (laughs) Oh, God. Next match is Mexican Debt match between Hugh Morris and Big Bubba. We haven't seen Big Bubba since our first pay-per-view. Yeah. I think this is the first time he's wrestled since the first pay-per-view. He might have been seen like Oh, he was seen in the crowd with the Dungeon of Doom once, but that's it.
1: And he was at World War He was at World III, War, like, yeah. He was in World War. But I, I don't count that as... Like, everybody on the roster was in that show, so...
0: Connor noted on the show notes that uh, Conan was originally built for this match. Ah. This is kind of... Uh, Big Boba has left the dungeon and we want to get back at him. Conflict, and it was going to be Conan, but he wanted to wrestle in Mexico. He had a match in Mexico at the same time. I assumed a Mexican death match is the same as any death match. As far as I knew, the rules were you have to get a 10 count after pinning them, but they just did last man standing rules and did 10 count.
2: Yeah, it's nice that the commentators don't know what it is either. Yeah. yeah, the
0: commentators do not have a clue.
1: Don't even explain it. Why bother?
0: No. And then they start shouting for, like, that guy should get disqualified, this guy should get disqualified, but I'm pretty sure that match is no disqualification rules.
2: But going back to, uh, like, Conan not being in this match, I guess, or, well, first, Dave, you dodged a bullet there. You got lucky. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> But I will point out though, this is a reoccurring problem that we seem to have in WCW, like with their overseas talent. Maybe particularly their Mexican talent that some of them either they have visa issues, or it's a lot of times they have scheduling issues. Because at Clash of Champions a week before, great Guerrero just no shows the event because of visa issues. So th- this seems to be a consistent problem that they have. I guess it's an unfortunate thing of having this many people from overseas.
0: Yeah, it's dangerous as well. Like, at this stage, Conan is being built up a bit. You know, you put him in some important matches and all of a sudden he now shows a pay-per-view. Fair enough if it's someone in the undercard that was going to face Ray, and people had never heard of him in the first place. But people are like Rey and Conan have become part of your story at this stage.
2: Baba and Conan, they've wrestled like two or three times on Nitros in the build-up for this batch so.
1: so there's a big build-up and then they've randomly changed the match.
2: Yep, we get Hugh oh, Morris in a tie-dyed shirt. Excellent. Yeah, not, not even in his wrestling gear. <laughs> yeah, what what is he wearing? I don't. Oh, I don't it's get it. It's a tie-dyed type shirt. I suspect that Hugh forgot. His wrestling gear.
0: He has his spandex under it, so I, I'm not sure.
2: Okay, well, maybe Jimmy Hart like wanted someone to match his suit for once. <laughs> yeah. That's my. That's oh, all I yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: I, all I got. I didn't know. I thought maybe he'd done some kind of gimmick change, or I have no idea. Oh, no. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no,
2: no. This is the only time you see him in this
0: kind of outfit. Okay, that's fair. About Morris in general, I guess I'll just get it out of there. I'm not a big fan. Not of his wrestling. His wrestling is fine. He's yeah, I was, was going
1: to say, are you colored by
0: more recent events? 100%. Yeah, 100% okay. by his recent training, kind of, and being shunned from the industry in that way, and kind of rumors came out about him. Less rumors if uh, that many people are saying it, but yeah. And it's, sometimes it's hard to watch people you dislike that much. Like, you was a fine wrestler.
1: Big guy moonsaults are always enjoyable yeah. to watch. He's he's pretty agile for his size and weight, to be fair. Yeah, like he's
0: much better than Bubba. I think he's a much better wrestler. At the moment, yeah.
2: Yeah, at at the moment. His gimmick isn't great, but at least it fits the Dungeon of Doom, but it's always miles better
1: than Huge Erection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, so bad. Yeah, to be fair, I I didn't know until recently um, that he is the reason that Omega is not in WWE. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So what about Big Bubba, though? Do you guys like him in the NWO? I think he is massively out of shape here. Yes. And he's not very good right now.
0: I I think as a wrestler, yeah, I don't think, you know, personal life things, I don't know if there's something wrong with him, but like, he obviously doesn't care as much here. And he has another good run in WWE after this, right? Oh,
1: my favorite. It's like a year or two within this. Yeah, I
0: I thought so. And he has a good run and he gets in better shape. And I think he's a great mid-card role player when he's in shape. He knows how to do a good heel match. He knows how to, you know, make a crowd boo and that's all fine. But here, it's, the matches we've seen him in and the segments we've seen him in are like heavily reliant on gimmicks and on weapons and on cheap cheap booze. And this is no different. Yeah,
2: yeah it doesn't seem to fit like himself. I think my problem is the NWO has too many bodyguard-type wrestlers already. Yes, and that's like yeah. Bubba's go-to where he excels at, especially in the WWF. So it, it seems just out of sorts. All it
1: gets lost in the shuffle. I, he just seems really demotivated. To be fair a lot of the guys are like this they just have like they have their pay and they're getting whatever they're getting and there's just no reason for them to care any more than this
0: Yeah it's that combination of their pay isn't affected by attendance so when they see bookers and owners and different people making bad decisions they don't care enough to fight against it. It's not worth their guaranteed contract. Where if their contract was linked to how well the shows are doing, they would care. And I think that's kind of where a lot of the laziness comes from. They look up at the top of the card and people like Hogan with creative control and Bischoff doing stuff like this show. I think a lot of people are going to be like, I'm just going to get my full money and jump to, jump ship when I can. Which is what ends up happening to a lot of them. Another small thing about Bubba, and I, note, I noted about one or two other people now in the NWO... Is one of Bubba's big things, especially in WWF, is that his gear showed off his gimmick a lot. And I think a lot of these mid-card guys that might have relied on their gimmick a little bit to get their personality across lose their personality we'll see that a lot in i think it's the next match yeah the next match when we see wall street for the first time and he has completely lost his entire gimmick in his life has been i'm a rich guy or i work for a position in the government that you guys hate and i show that off with my attire and attitude and now he just has his like heel attitude his name doesn't make any sense if he's wearing nwo gear and it's kind of the same with big bubba if you guys agree to
1: be fair bubba was just has always been black for what we've been watching Yeah. He's always been full black, nothing else. He's never been particularly exciting in WCW. Like, the dude has had some pretty poor gimmicks, I'm not going to lie,
0: but... Do you think he's involved in booking them? Do you think he asks for these things? Do you think he asks (sighs) to be hung... Yeah, kayfabe kill me on I TV. <laughs> seems uh, like let's get it.
1: Let's get in. Let's get into the match. I don't know yeah, what I'm I mean, about I'm like gonna be honest is. here, Connor. I think the reason we're talking so much is this match is terrible. Oh, it is. It's so. That's bad. why I want
0: to get through it. <laughs> I yeah. want to get through it. So I don't have much of note in the early match, except an early kind of test of strength. You Morris does the like smallest push of all time, and Bubba treats it like he's just been tossed across the ring by a giant. And I think it's kind of funny. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he puts very little effort into his like push motion and Bubba acts like he's been shot. Eh, Whatever.
2: My favorite piece of commentary though, Bischoff goes like, oh, why do they call it a Mexican death match? And like, do you have to ship body to Mexico when it's over? And Ted's (laughs) response is great. It's like, I don't know. I think it's a reference to Conan. Yeah, (laughs) it's a reference to Conan. They don't know the rules.
0: They're accusing people of cheating, even though we're pretty sure it's no DQ. So we get the only real cool little bit of psychology, I think, is Bubba goes for a clothesline, like fakes it, backs off, and then goes for another one and still gets put on his ass by Morris. So establishing Morris is kind of the stronger guy, that's fine. Patrick looks away while Bubba blows him twice. And again, I don't know why Patrick has to look away. I'm pretty sure this is a no disqualification match.
2: Yeah, of it's course. It's an inherent not. problem in all the matches. Yep.
1: I'm going to point out at this point that in my notes, I've already gone, I'm already sick of Nick Patrick. Yeah, I'm so sick. Nick Patrick's stick has run out. I was, I was sick of him last pay per view
0: and <laughs> <laughs> carried on for this one.
1: Fair play. I, I'm willing to give him a shot for the start of the match, but once we got to the second one and he was
0: exactly the same, I'm like, nope. No, we're done. We're done. Straight away we get the gimmicks in the match as well. After the Bros, Bubba tries to handcuff you to the ring. And this is just Bubba's thing, right? He's forever trying to attach people to the ring ropes. He gets close lying to the outside where Hart gets some kicks in. And the only time I've ever heard Hart get cheered so far. Straight away, Bubba back into the ring. We get our second kind of gimmick bit where he takes a chain out of the trench coat. And I think he's pretty stiff with it. Like you can hear the first connection he makes with like the punch, and then he doesn't do the typical, you know, just wrap it around my fist and do some clotheslines. He just starts swinging it. No, nah, he leathers. Yeah, another. like Ghost Rider or something like that. He just literally just whacks him, <laughs> and he's like a second away from hitting his head like twice. Like if you That's just a nice
1: illusion, Dave. It is.
0: Isn't it? <laughs> i don't know but it B- works pretty stiff with the chain and i'm surprised when you gets it he doesn't give him back the same but you hits him with the chain soon after taking a bit of a licking and does a pretty decent big guy moonsault like he's not a small guy
2: yeah and the crowd wakes up finally a little bit
0: yeah and unfortunately the rest of the the rest of the match goes downhill from there you mean more it goes uphill <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, th- th- literally very slowly very very slowly
0: (laughs) i I think this is what really kills it for me because this is just right like it's a big bubba match there's going to be weapons involved and there's going to be like cheating somewhere but the slow 10 count by nick patrick is infuriating (sighs) because at least with a slow two count the match just continues but bubba stays down after the moonsault for i want to say 25 seconds as nick patrick counts maybe longer maybe 30 seconds and he keeps like restarting a number because Jimmy Hart is shouting at him or because you is shouting at him, and it's just such a waste of time.
2: Yeah, that sums up the pay per view.
0: Yeah, he's like fanning <laughs> Bubba's face on the ground to try and wake him up. It's terrible. You uses the ring off of the handcuffs to hit Bubba a couple times, but Bubba gets an eye and beats you down for a while. They go down. They wander on the stage where you get a big body slam on Bubba and then goes for like a moonsault off the steps. Like off the stage steps, but it's like a bit too high, so he doesn't commit to it fully, knowing he's gonna miss. And I don't think you could get a full moon salt off the fourth step of a set of stairs anyway.
2: Yeah, you can't get that spring from like the ropes, you know. So it's, yeah, it is. It, it, it was shit all around.
0: It was bad. Like it was. It was. It looked a bit like a terrible Vader salt. You know, Vader kind of did the sideways salt, but not as impressive because Vader's three times the person. I guess. Why just dive straight into the finish here? Since we're on the outside please area. Please. <laughs> so I'm not going to go through the details. Bubba hits him with a Harley. Bubba <laughs> tells one of the girls to get off her bike <sighs> and then hits him. And Yu sells it well. He does, you know, he kind of rolls off the side. What? It's blatantly obvious he doesn't hit him. Yeah, but how is how are you going to pretend to hit him? <laughs> like it's uh, well, that's fair. But I think yeah, he bumps yeah. as well as you can while pretending to be hit by a motorcycle. Oh. And on the commentary, Eric makes the comment, Bubba, don't do it. It's illegal." And Ted laughs, <laughs> and says, what? "Yeah, Bob." T- Eric is like, "He can't hit him. He can't run over a man. That's illegal." And Ted says, "Not here. It's not." <laughs> what <laughs> you don't get different rules this is like my my theory about wrestling why don't more wrestlers bring guns to hardcore matches just take a bell rings take out your gun okay get on the ground and stay down for three match yeah. is
2: done yeah why don't more wrestlers get arrested yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just so guys opinions on the match and the finish you first connor Ugh. <laughs>
2: 10 on 10 on 10 match uh no did not like this match you know it's just a weird comedy match but it's just having the nwo associated with this kind of
1: stuff it felt really weird
0: gus any any opinions on the finish it's so bad
1: it's just other than the ending of the match and the little bit with the chain there's no reason for this to be a hardcore match they never mention it they never make it a big deal it never makes any sense nobody gives a shit about the match and it's just terrible
0: I like though all of Bubba matches, Bubba's, and the Nasty Boys matches seem the same. They work so soft and not very believable until they have a weapon for ten seconds and then they want to murder you. It's this really weird old school wrestling thing where oh my punches barely hit you because we don't want to punch each other. That's dangerous. Bam! I'll try and take your eye out with a chain. I I don't know. I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> but of course, I just move on into another Miss NWO segment.
3: Look at you, how you doing? I'm a Capricorn. Let's get to the uh, action at hand here. Rim shot. Let me ask, no, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, he's got a lot of power in the uh, movie industry. What would you do to be in one of his movies? Oh, you can smell we're the red? We're we're out. Oh, I like you. Let's head on over to number four. No, that's what the first girl said. That was oh. a duplicated answer. Look at you, get. you are buoyant. Oh, my. I'm it's been said that uh, Zillionaire Ted, uh, you know, he says everyone's got a price. I want to know what's yours, because i got like a buck fifty on me. We walk away with um, a big bill? Ooh. I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. Folks, we will be back with more of Miss NWO, The Search, uh, let's go back to more NWO action at Sold Out. Now let's hear Captain Virgil. we need some rock and roll, we need some Let's check this out. This is too much. It is history. I'm telling you, being made.
0: Nobody does it like the NWO.
3: WCW, you watching? You think you can top this production? No chance, baby. This is what it's all about.
0: Do you have any of the questions offhand, there, Connor? If we want to talk about one. Yeah. Oh,
1: I wanted to say something before we even get there because we we talk about replays. They're talking about showing replays of uh, the previous match, and apparently, there's dancers, and they just kind of randomly mention it, but they never show them. It's it's just really awkward, really bad production where they go, "Oh, look at all these dancers," and you're like. What are you talking about? I, what? I don't
0: know. Yeah, they've had a, they have a few problems with replays going over things. We'll, we'll get to that one of the later A matches. few? A few. <laughs> a
1: few
2: is generous. A few. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the questions we get is, it's been said that Zillionaire Ted, not Billionaire Ted, Zillionaire Ted, everybody has a price. I want to know what's your price because I got a fifty. And the girl actually gives a, at least a better response. She says, you you would walk away with a big bill. Nice. Yeah. The, nice. the
0: girl's at least on her feet for this. But again some porn kind of questions being thrown around not only implying that you're buying the girl but implying that she's only worth a book 50 to really class up that question
1: first he calls her buoyant that yeah was, uh... that's
0: i have this written down i can't remember the context i'm like you are buoyant i'm like what a par- i looked this up apparently buoyant just means cheerful as well apparently it can <laughs> be used in that context guess, but no one no one's ever used it in that context and i'm not i'm not sure if jeff knew that's what it meant pretty sure jeff just thinks she can float and it's just a coincidence but yeah apparently it can be used in that way
1: like let's not talk about too much about jeff and his questions but immediately after that they then cut to one dancer that they were alluding to in silhouette just one and it's just behind the screens so you can't even see the person it's in silhouette and you're like this is really awkward not at all what i expected um, now I feel like I'm in this
0: really really creepy skeezy strip club. She's not exactly giving it socks either. No.
2: <laughs> Again, it's just it's just really weird that like Bischoff and Ted that they don't kind of improvise and kind of go with the flow of how things are going. Because like when we see like WWF, when you have like the Hell in the Kennel match, like JR's like, "Yep, this is the worst thing ever." Or he doesn't say that, but you can kind of tell. But like, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. This- yeah. this is not going well but eric's still trying to do is like oh history's being made this is a party we're so cool like wh-
1: why, why are we still trying yeah. to go with what annoys me is a lot of his comments are like oh we paid for the best and we did all this stuff and we paid loads of money and then yeah so all these girls like they had to be there by themselves and they had to pay their way and stuff and i'm like do you have a lot of money or no money pick one
0: because you'll find that women are just objects for Eric to ask weird questions well, to. So that's true. Eric is a squeezy, sexist yeah.
1: man in this pay per view. So
0: in life, I'm, I'm, like he he does the hot lesbian action segments. I don't. I don't want to assume
1: <laughs> that he is in life. I'm just going to go with just this pay per view. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. as proof fair. that he is skeezy for this three-hour period and we'll go with that
0: yeah fair I, I don't know we don't see other aspects of his life maybe he's like super feminist but he knows other people are sexist so he just does sexist things on camera right all right
1: yeah yeah <laughs> can we please move on to the yeah, website let's, the web- let's move. please on. The, web-
0: <laughs> the website is an improvement oh How bad is that? Yeah, again, I'm looking at it from modern eyes, but that's a bad website even for 1997, right? It's awful.
2: Right? I have it described as the Mario Paint
1: of the internet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just have it as
1: peak 90s crap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the NWO have taken away the best segment from each pay-per-view so far. They don't even have a ridiculous person that's poking right. someone Shit. and asking yeah, them stupid true, questions. Yeah. DDP doesn't tell anyone that's a stupid question.
1: Let's, let's all take a drink. an <laughs> <In> honor, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I've had so many already.
0: <laughs> Hopefully it's back next month. Please. Okay, we're, we're going to go to another... I keep looking for Reprieve here. I keep going, on. Oh, next segment is going to be better. And there's no there's Reprieve, no reprieve like, in this yeah. pay view There's nothing. Fuck, this not ne- Next this match is we awful, get Wall like... Street versus Jeff Jarrett. I mean, this is Wall Street. <laughs> the Reprieve was the opening match, let's be honest. Yeah, that, that's so true. Uh, this is Wall Street's uh, pay-per-view debut. Have we seen him on any Nitros built up to this, Connor? Sure. Or... We must have. We must have. <laughs> sure. I'm sure he's been in loads
1: of NWO promos.
2: Right, of course. <laughs> are are you talking about, like, is this, like, a feud that's been built up? Or, like, have we seen him in random now, matches? Have or, we seen him in random matches? Is
0: this his debut? Or
2: He's had one match, I guess, as a part of the NWO. But, yeah, he's always been, like, the random person on Nitro. Sure, sure. Yeah, he's a random guy, pretty much.
0: That's fair. This is also a bit of a continuation in the storyline of the family feud, which has become the four horsemen. Still kind of no update on that. Still just people... Not wanting Jared in there and we still have the, you know, Deborah hates woman, woman supporting Jared kind of stuff. It all sounds like nonsense. Like that's not going anywhere or has a real point. Am I missing anything or is that just what comes across in the Nitros as well?
2: You pretty much got the whole thing. It's every segment. Yeah, you've, been like you're that. almost
1: giving too much credit to it.
2: Pretty much from the the same storyline we knew at Starcade. They just kind of continue it. Benoit and Sullivan, they've had two matches since then. Of course, not on pay-per-view. Why would would they they be? But nothing literally has changed in the story dynamic.
0: Yeah, so for the entrances of this match, I think this is the first time you kind of spot Nick Patrick coming back out. Do you guys mind if I say IRS? Is that too confusing, you think, for the people at all? Please. That's fine. Yeah, Yeah. Wall Street is so weird. Yeah, he comes out with IRS. And yeah, this is the like Nick Patrick coming out and back in is just kind of off-putting i think and also every now and again i forget that he's not the wrestler <laughs> because they don't really announce them there's no announcers for this so they just come up and we have to wait for the commentators to say the wrestler's name in the match so i'm like and i have to look back over the card because like, nick patrick booked to fight because that's a lot of nick patrick <laughs> for one
1: night i would like to point out that jeff jarrett has a better entrance than he's ever had before Wouldn't because hope. he has no music with no music I love
2: Eric's line too. He says somebody needs to get that guy a new outfit for once. I agree with Bischoff. Oh my
1: god, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Literally, we're about maybe halfway through the pay-per-view at this point. Like my notes have already degenerated into this is so bad that I don't even pay attention to specific things. I'm yeah. just like I want to get through this. Yes. I just have to get through this now.
2: They sputter into sentence fragments and just what the fucks and Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, I just... have some notes on the on the match itself, a little bit. I was just gonna Ooh. say say before we get into the match I, I think it's a little weird when the faces don't have music so jericho reacted to it and he's like i don't need my music i don't want my music at this yeah. view because he's a good wrestler yeah come on yeah. baby yeah Jar yeah. Jar just acts like the music's still there
1: yeah like
0: it's <laughs> like it's good always point. playing in his head on a loop or something like that jared just acts like there's no difference so this match can be described as Again in one sentence. And that's way too much Nick Patrick. By the way. I I, I was a fan of IRS and WWE. WWF even. I think he's like a solid mid card heel. So I thought he might be a fine fit here. But like there's a lot of guys that are just the exact same as him in the NWR at this stage.
1: Rotunda has a very specific skill set. He's good at setting up matches. And being
0: average. Yes. That's really what his role is. He's also good at making a face look good in the payoff match I think. Yeah. Yeah. which is good, always good to have them in the mid card but that's not what the nwo is really about making faces look good so and you need
2: a, you need storylines for a guy like like this too you can't just put him in random matches yeah. like Ultimo dragon or chris pinwatch 100% like and you
0: need his gear this is the biggest as i was saying about Bubba, like having irs in just black with nwo t-shirt makes no sense he's a man that lives off his gimmicks and he doesn't he doesn't exactly ooze charisma to put himself across, but he's a good he has a good wrestling head on him. He knows how to get his gimmick across, and there's no gimmick here now. So that's weird, and he's just bland. So early on in the match, we get typical IRS stuff, you know. He's the cowardice heel, he puts himself in the ropes, he stops Jared from getting to him, and he's getting Nick Patrick very involved. And you know, break us up, break us up, he's not allowed to do this kind of normal heel stick. Jared gets his typical head of steam, gets some hip tosses, some shoulder blocks. He gets that big crossbody off the top rope we've seen a couple times. He never seems... that was well done. Yeah, it was fine. He never seems to hit it perfect. He's never like chest on chest. He always seems to hit like their head or neck a little bit. But it it looked fine. It was a nice kind of uh, face spot. While Jeff gets distracted by Patrick, we get a roll up in a very fast two count. So at least there's a bit of story there. Jeff knows he has to pay attention to the match because he could just be quick counted. They exchange sleepers in the middle of the match as well and Which I is, fell
1: asleep at this point yeah yeah this
0: yeah. was real hard to pay attention to they exchanged sleepers in the middle of the ring and Jeff Jarrett's one is called illegal because it's a choke and IRS's was a chin lock and if that's the point this match is getting to just end it the the camera we almost missed this spot because the camera keep panning out to the crowd and Deborah is trying to like pull McMichael you know saying Jeff needs help Jeff needs help so we're developing the storyline at least a little bit I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go towards the end. Just go to of, the finish. Just yeah. go. I'm, go, I'm please. just gonna go yeah, to the finish. <laughs> so Jeff gets uh Jeff gets the figure four, but again Patrick interferes, pulls uh Wall Street towards the ropes. Wall Street has the abdominal stretch on, and finally Deborah convinces McMichael to interfere in the match. He nails absolutely nails IRS with the kind of metal briefcase he carries yeah. around. The Halliburton, right? The Halliburton. It's a Halliburton yeah. I, think I think it is, yeah. And then one of my actually favorite bits of the pay-per-view, he half-steps into the ring and just threatens Nick Patrick to count or he's going to nail him. (laughs) And Nick Patrick counts. (laughs) I actually think that's quite funny. He just like points at him and Nick is like, yeah, okay, one, two, three. Okay. Okay." (laughs) The jig is up. The jig is up. IRS is not worth enough for me to deny <laughs> to get hit by a briefcase
2: that, that's a good point I was gonna say like Mongo should do that the whole time but yeah they, they've made it clear that Wall Street is completely
0: worthless yeah it so. does kind of kill yeah. Wall Street in his first pay-per-view match oh my he's, God. Uh, he wasn't going anywhere <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah he's getting
1: paid to do this I don't think he cares he is another person who's getting paid whatever happens like he doesn't give a shit
2: no So, obviously, this was shit. I think the other thing that's really weird. So, I looked ahead a little bit. So, maybe this match would be okay if they were kind of building more to to a feud between, you know, Mongo and Jarrett. But these two are going to be tag team partners in two months. I don't know how (laughs) they get to that point. So, the booking here pisses me off more. So, I guess we'll have to wait and see what
1: happens.
0: I can't wait. I guess this is the start of it. Like, Mongo's begrudgingly listening uh, listening to Deborah.
1: The best part of what you just said is like I honestly don't know if they're going to be face or heel, and it, it could be it could be either way, and it's terrible in both sentences.
0: Yeah, you know I love the history of the Four Horsemen, but this might be one of their worst iterations, and it has like three excellent, excellent I wrestlers mean, in it. He's not even technically
1: in the Horsemen here, Jared. Yeah, I don't think they ever really induct him into the Horsemen. No, and I don't think he ever really counts. So uh, I wouldn't even count this. It's a terrible match. Terrible. It's terrible. terrible,
0: but it's also terrible because we don't care about either person at all, and there's no reason to care yeah. about either of them. I do not care if, if Jared is accepting the Horsemen or not. I don't care about what's happening in the Horsemen because the NWO is just so much more important. Why aren't they just feuding against a section of the NWO?
2: Same thing with the whole Benoit versus Sullivan. They just kind of brush it to side. Like oh well, we need to concentrate on our, our feud first before the end it. Like why?
0: Why? Why yeah. is it? Why is it going on this long? Like why hasn't it just ended in, at Starcade?
2: Right. At least it's more personal with Benoit and Solvin. But
0: other than that, enough already, please. Don't worry. We please. we got a much better segment after this. I have three words. Fuck mm. this company. <laughs> so yeah. imagine people pay tickets for this. Oh my god! I don't even. Oh think that-
2: no! I can't.
0: So we go into the most enjoyable of the Miss NWO segments. We're started off by uh, Jeff asking the crowd, are they enjoying the women? To absolute no noise from the crowd. Less noise than there was (laughs) in the transfer moments when people are just talking amongst each other. People purposely not making noise just to let it be known that they're not enjoying this in the slightest. And we get the Miss NWO, they call it the senior edition, where it's... I think both the women are probably over 50-60 years old. They they look in their 50s minimum.
3: Jeff Cass, the babe hunter, take it, buddy! Ladies and gentlemen, we are about halfway through and I gotta know, what do you think of the women? Woo! Well, we are about to enter the senior division of the search for Miss NWO. How you doing, darling? This division? Well, let me ask you this. Describe for me the part of your anatomy that would best help you win, Miss NWO. Probably my feet. Okay, well, a creative answer, not the one I was hoping for. Let's move on, shall we? Her feet! Oh, look at you. You're I like a fine line. You. you get better with age. How you doing? Pardon? How you doing? I had a good line there, won't use it Folks, as you know, Buff Bagwell is known to have one of the better bodies in the wrestling industry Tell me, darling, what material would you use to buff his biceps?
0: What? How would I
1: explain this?
3: Well, the miracle ear not turned up, but that's okay I'm sorry, darling, I think that might disqualify her Let's forget about it, let's go to Captain Virgil Rock on, guys!
2: Yeah, here's, here's the, the questions that we get to. is Describe to me the part of your anatomy that would help you win Miss NWO. Do you guys remember?
0: Yeah, she said what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. She, this is the, eh? Eh? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, for, forgot to mention, yeah, the band is playing, like, right by where these, these ladies are.
0: Yeah, th- she then gets her hearing aid made fun of by Jeff. But fuck you Jeff it's loud out there she's next to the band <laughs> these girls don't go anywhere by the way these girls just sit on their motorbikes the entire pay-per-view doing nothing not only do they have to watch this entire pay-per-view they get ringside seats to this particular pay-per-view two and a half hours that, that's that gotta be fun
2: but yeah she says her feet her feet oh. mm. <laughs> Bishop's like her feet what <laughs>
0: Oh god, what's what's the second question? Oh, I the get, next one's the sick. best one. <laughs> <Before I laughs> Who the sick?
2: fuck would write this question? <laughs> what material would you use to buff buff Bagwell's biceps? I don't think she yeah, she doesn't even give an answer, I don't think.
0: No. They have they have to move on.
2: Yeah, I my notes written down is we're halfway through this pageant. Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also noticed yeah, right now so they're obviously maybe like husbands of some of these girls or something. There's just these two really fat bikers sitting on the stage.
2: They they look bored as hell.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're like the husbands or boyfriends or friends of some of these women, or if they own the bikes maybe. But they say the women own their own bikes, so I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're just Eric's mates. They're <laughs> like, oh, we're sold out, but you can sit on the stage if you want. Are you sure, Eric? Yeah, they let me do what I want. Let, let's carry on. Let's carry on. <laughs> Next match is Scotty Riggs versus Buff Bagwell, the rivalry of oh, a <sighs> lifetime. Connor, why don't you take us through a little bit of the build up for this match?
2: Oh, sure, Dave. So these guys used to be in the great tag team of the American Males.
0: <laughs> what a name!
2: What a name. <laughs> their music is even better. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard their music, Dave?
0: I have not heard their music though.
2: No. Oh my god, I'm splice the shit out of that American males, <laughs> <one. laughs>
1: American males, American males, American males, American males, American males, American
2: males. So anyways American Males, former tag team champions, but they broke up on the night after World War III when Bischoff gave the, the old WCW wrestlers, they have like the 30-day open invitation to join the NWO. So the, the first turn, Bagwell attacked Riggs after joining is basically what happened. So the, over the next two months, Bagwell would usually stand on the ramp during Riggs' matches, posing, calling Riggs fat for some reason, even though like Riggs is in really good shape, doesn't make any sense.
0: I, I guess it makes sense. Classic tight team breakup. You gotta have the payoff match. One thing I've always noticed about Buff and I never got. His whole gimmick is that he's Buff. That he's a mus- muscular man.
2: And he's the stuff. He's the and stuff, He is yeah.
0: he, the stuff. But Buff is not close to the most muscular man on the roster. In fact, he's not even in the top two. Who's your top two? Uh, Steiner and Lex. Okay, okay, uh, sure. Are yeah, yeah. in, like, ridiculous okay. shape at this stage. In That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, he's not the biggest guy. and like he's, No, no, no. He's about I the know. same size as Riggs. I think he's in a bit better shape than Riggs. I don't want to be body shaming anyone here.
2: That's why I always thought it was weird to call him fat. It, it's like, what? <laughs>
0: We're the same size. Yeah, and you're so fat. <laughs> 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 <It's> just... A... <laughs>
2: It's classic heel. Classic. (laughs) Do you guys like the buff character, though? I remember growing up not liking him at all. I always thought he was super mediocre. I mean, he definitely excels at working the camera. I've noticed that when, like, reviewing matches. Like, he'll interject with the ringside cameraman. He does that in this match particularly.
0: So buff does, like, the old school promos decently. And I think that's why the NWO guys like him. I don't think his promos make any sense, but he cuts a very old school promo. Very, you know, you're great and I'm great and we're gonna fight and I'm muscular, yeah, brother kind of stuff. Like he does that decently. He plays up to the camera and he has, like, he has a character. He's constantly talking to the crowd and camera, so I can get. Why people like them better than Riggs. But the two things are, I think his gimmick is real naff. I, when I was a kid, I hated it when I saw Buff. But looking back at it, I thought maybe he's just a really good heel because I hated him so much. But now that I'm older, I'm like, it's a real stupid gimmick. I don't get it. Being Buff and big in an industry full of big people doesn't make much sense, I think, you know. And he's a very bad wrestler, which is hard to look past. You think well. he's bad? He's, he's okay. I think he's fine. I think Buff is the king of the wrestles. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think he's the absolute king of the rest hold. I don't think he does anything interesting in a match and it's all just one one spot into two or three rest holds, one spot into two or three rest holds. I think Scotty is actually a lot better wrestler than both Yeah,
2: it's unfortunate that he's so generic though. Yes, That's the problem with him. He, he's the opposite. He's just
1: too generic, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was it was the right
2: actually the right time to break up this tag team too. So I'll give credit to WCW. Finally, utilizing some talent in the right way. Although Riggs, he just gets the American males' music too, so he's still
0: stuck in that. You can tell which one of them they they wanted to succeed, right? Oh, yeah, one hundred percent.
1: What I was gonna say is that I think Buff was a reasonable wrestler earlier in in his career, so in the early nineties, and then when we get to this point, he's finally figured out a character for himself. But he's ruined his body, either through any sort of drugs that he may be taking. And he had a neck injury, which limited himself as a wrestler. And that he had the character finally, but he doesn't have anything to back it up anymore. So I, I actually do really like himself as a character. I think he finally figures out, oh yeah, I can do this, because that's what he's good at. And it's even what Eric and Ted reference, like what he did before he was a wrestler... And also what he's doing now currently in 2017 as a person. Yeah, yeah. I think he's quite good. He's really expressive. He's got a really good personality. He just doesn't have amazing wrestling skills to back it up. Yeah, he fits the NWO perfectly. <laughs> yeah, he's like the one dweeb guy that they have that you're like, yeah, he fits and he works and he's something slightly different. So he'll kind of carry on.
0: Yeah, he, he definitely sticks out I and mean, you can definitely see why they picked him. To be the successful one from this tag team. I get it. I just kind of wish they were somehow amalgamated into one person. Like if, they, if it was a bit more of Scott's wrestling skill. And Buff seems to get the industry a bit. And even though he's not a good promo guy... He knows what to say. He knows the basics. And I guess possible. I don't want to be too hard on Buff. And I, I, I know my uh, bias on him is with his kind of later work. Especially him not getting a WWF contract because he is one of the worst matches ever. I don't I don't know. I, th- I just found him very boring. And I think this is a pretty typical Buff match.
2: Yeah, he's one of the wrestlers I'll definitely be keeping my eye on. Because I don't remember any of his matches growing up. So I'm, I'm interested to see how his character develops and how his... His ring work looks because yeah, I we get to see the American males a little bit on nitros, but you know this is the first pay per view matchup that we get to see these two guys.
0: Uh, little fact: this is the longest match of the night. That one hundred percent yep. by like
1: <laughs> infinite. It's the longest match I've ever watched in my life, and I will never get that time back.
2: Oh man, no! But we get the spot of the night. But uh, Buff's outfit.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> after after the entrances, which are just the same generic entrances we've seen a hundred times in this pay per view already. Feels like a million.
2: Fuck that music. Feels like it's
0: been a million times. Buff gets his new kind of, I don't know if he's debuted this at Nitro, but he has his own NWO gear. Big Bubba and IRS, they got generic black t-shirts like everyone else in the crowd is wearing. But he has this kind of Chippendale dancer, kind of very tight clothing with NWO on it nick patrick pretends to help him out of the the top it's too tight on him my question is <laughs> they have a lot of money why didn't they get one that was big enough for him but okay and they're like pulling Buff out of the of the top so he can wrestle before he gets completely out of the top Riggs, of course attacks from behind to a bit of a pop and we get some generic kind of heel face interactions Buff running away and coming back in very hulk hogan-esque the one thing I noticed about Riggs, and he knows this about himself, is he has a sweet drop kick.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, can you rate
0: his drop kick, guys? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Like ten is an AJ Styles. AJ's not a good drop kick. AJ has a beautiful drop kick. Nah. Who do you have nah. as ten? Like
1: Randy's is better.
0: Oh, come on, come on. Randy has
1: like the best drop kick ever. How about Bob Holly? <laughs> Where's Bob Holly? bobs is like a nine like a nine okay okay yeah
0: he's probably close to bobs riggs is like nine out of ten i think really
1: oh i don't know i don't know i wanted to point out that scotty riggs having no music points out how little people care about him (laughs) yeah because there's literally nothing there is silence as scotty riggs goes to the ring
0: and he plays to the camera and stuff as well like unlike jeff who's like their over guy they're trying to push scotty actually tries to have interactions with the camera and Make up for no music. Yeah,
2: We see him in two more matches on the podcast, too, so I can't wait to see oh his progression. <laughs> I,
0: I think he's fine to watch in matches. I just, he has no character. No,
2: yeah. I, I agree.
0: Uh, yep. the, a spot I like at the start of the match is the triple hit hip top, the triple hip toss reversal. Easy for me to say. <laughs> Sending Buff yeah. to the outside, so the last hip toss is to the outside, which the commentary team point out is illegal in WCW rules. Oh, over, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. over the top rope? Yeah, over the top rope. Have to keep bringing they that up. Keep, yep. Why did they not just drop this role at the stage? It's just What I
1: love is that they bring it up, but it never matters.
0: Also, the commentators, while they're fighting on the outside, they put on, a, I'm going to call it the selfie stick cam again. And Ugh. Bischoff Ugh. says, this is true production value. I'm like, is it, is it true production value, Bischoff? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was a oh, lot of money back it's then. So but bad. he claims It's that so that, that, bad. He claims there's not going to be better production value at the Super Bowl tomorrow. I'm like, shut, shut your right. dirty mouth, Eric Bischoff. Don't you lie to us. <laughs> like, at this
2: point, I, I have to be honest with you guys. I was getting a little nauseated. Watching yeah. The camera. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is when they yeah. start
0: putting on for like a minute at a time instead of like 10 seconds. Was yeah. Little... yeah, instead of like really brief. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I don't even know what point
1: of the match this is. I don't even care. They do the thong <laughs> spot where like Riggs pulls his... His pants down. They've gone to that camera. So they missed the entire thing. Their spot that's meant to draw a pop and meant to be like, oh, there's something cool happening. Nobody sees it when they're watching the pay-per-view.
0: Nothing says blood rivalry. You betrayed me. Like someone's ass (laughs) getting out in the middle of a match. Nothing nothing spells, you know, to the death. That's for damn sure. I'll I'll give him credit. Like, he's a a good butt. He does have a good butt.
2: He definitely has the stuff, yeah. yeah. I wonder how many times I can fit that in. <laughs> he just
0: li- he just lives his gimmick, his whole gimmick. Uh we get a Buff uh sucks chant, which in fairness Buff kinda deals with. He kinda heals up too, so both Buff and um Riggs both do a jackknife power bomb kev must have been so happy both you both know, of them just get two just counts. steal people's <laughs> finishers yeah just both get two counts for their jackknife power bombs if you're not as tall as kev though i guess it doesn't hurt as much or you don't have the <laughs> chest hair that's probably the key it's probably the key so the the finish is quite simple buff gets put on the top rope for a superplex they fight a bit at the uh, top he gets an eye poke to send riggs to the ring and he pulls off the blockbuster which is uh I guess a jump over the top neck breaker. He kind of jumps over the top of Riggs and brings him in neck breaker. I'm pretty sure it's still called a blockbuster today. Uh, Bobby Roode, in
1: It's a buff blockbuster, yeah. Yet. This is the move I was talking about earlier. They completely kill it as a finisher with the camera angle. Yes. Because there is no way he does anything to Scotty Riggs when that move happens with
0: the way they show the camera No, he angle. does it <laughs> very safe. He does not grab his neck at all. He grabs like under the shoulder like, seatbelt kind of position. So, Scotty just lands completely on his shoulder. But they show it, like, three times on the replay. And I'm like, yeah, I don't mind that stuff because Buff is just being really safe with the move. But it looks naff. Don't show the replay or don't show from that angle, at least.
2: At least this match had a clean finish.
1: That's I I guess.
0: (laughs) They put Buff over. (laughs) I'll say they gave Buff time. They obviously had some confidence in him. Buff has the stuff. Yeah. (laughs) This is... I was wrong the first time. It's the second longest match actually on the card. Longer than the main event by a good three minutes. Mm. So they obviously wanted to give... They thought this would mean more and they want Buff to be more. So it just didn't deliver. A lot of rest holds. Really boring. Didn't feel the fire of two people that hate each other. Yeah, I don't don't know. Why
1: would you think that Scotty Riggs and Buff Bagwell was going to be a premier match on your pay-per-view? Whatever about Buff Bagwell. Fair enough. Like, Buff... I can see why they thought he was good. He has the look. He has the gimmick. And he has something kind of different. But Sky Riggs is so generic. Like, you could have literally 20 different people in that ring. And it wouldn't make any difference. Yeah.
2: Just particularly for the feud. At least there's a link between these two. But even though it's not interesting, at least there's something. And this was kind of the the payoff match. I think they have one more match, unfortunately, though, together.
0: At least the booking makes sense. Like, we give out a lot about the booking not making sense this is finally booked just for once the booking was correct and the match was bad so we know what time it is again more miss NW oh no <laughs> I just can't it's too much all right Jeffrey oh
3: oh my I feel like I just watched into a Cheech and Chong movie with all this smoke here folks we are almost through with the search for Miss NWO now let's find out if contestant number seven has what it takes now you might not know this, but Vince, the head of the security for the NWO, he's been known to dress up in, you know, a cheap hairpiece, a powder blue suit, that sort of thing. I wanna know, would you be willing to dress up with Vince? And if so, what would you wear? I can't hear you. What would you wear with Vince? Would you dress up, sexy lingerie, something like that? Oh, sure, why not? Okay, oh, she's to open to it, folks. Let's move on. How you doing? It's contestant number eight, isn't it? Oh, my. Now, you know that Scott Norton did not get the nickname Flash for any reason, you know. Now, I want to know, would you help Scott with his flashing problem, or would you just add to that problem? With his flashing? I'd help I add to that problem, Oh, ho oh, oh, think it's getting a little risque. Eric Bishop, I'm going to take a cold shower. Back to you. Uh,
0: in this segment, Jeff says, after asking one of the questions... I think this is getting a bit risqué. I'm like, it is not. You are asking risqué questions, and these women have no idea what to say. They are not making it risqué, Jeff. You are trying to make it risqué, and you're failing. Oh, I hate you so much, Jeff, and I've only heard this one segment.
2: These are, like, some of the weirdest questions that she asks. I know that she asks about something that, like, Vince is dressing up or something like that, and Scott Norton has a flashing problem? For fuck's sake, what the hell are you talking about? Why are you talking about Vince and Scott Norton? The definitely the most popular guys in the nwo at this point i have i have my notes this is the worst (laughs) this is the worst
0: this is where the nwo should have died like i'm calling it now it's not there's three more matches Uh... four more matches Oh, (laughs) oh
1: shit too too many matches is the correct
0: response There's four more matches and this officially the NWO should be dead. They're lucky the gimmick went one more second after this pay-per-view. Like, how was this not the end of the NWO? I mean, we were talking about
1: that the buy rate wasn't very good. So I'm assuming that lots of people didn't see this. So they didn't see how (laughs) bad the NWO was.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to go straight to the next match. We got Scott Norton versus DDP. One that I'm kind of like, I like watching how DDP progresses. So maybe I can pick up my spirits a bit with this one. And as I'm thinking that, Scott Norton's pleb music comes on, that pleb music plays again, and I all hope is gone. Hey, to be fair, I'm going to try and be positive. Scott
1: Norton, at this <laughs> yeah. point in time, is quite well regarded in Japan. And this is why Scott Norton has a legitimate spot on a pay-per-view at this point. Despite the fact that he is a shit American wrestler. <laughs> I,
0: I, I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say, I think this match is... Every match I've seen him so far... It's possible, but boring, is the thing. I think a bit of that is, though, this one he's barely given, there's no time to wrestle, because of what, we'll we'll get into that. But the other ones, they're also against really bad wrestlers with like five minutes. Maybe that's because they're trying to cover him up, like, oh, maybe he he doesn't have more than five minutes of material. But I think he has better stuff to work with in Japan. I think they're probably feeding him lots of tiny guys to do really cool stuff with.
1: On Japan, Norton is massively over. He's massively over at this point. They don't stick him with Ice Train in Japan? No. Fully enough, no. no.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he won no. some titles at this point. He is. He does have the biggest neck I've ever seen. And, you know, Scott Steiner it's is working so on this card.
2: In my notes, I have noted here, I thought this was the last time we heard the shit b theme music, because I thought X-Pac was going to have the, the main music, but I was wrong.
0: Yeah, poor, poor X-Pac gets... They they have outsiders coming into awesome music, Hogan into awesome music, and then X-Pac, no, you're not good enough. You get that music no. also.
2: At least with Paige, like we finally have a WCW wrestler that's like over with the crowd. Oh, at
1: least. 100%.
2: Breath of fresh air. Yeah. Although the fan sign in the front says DDP, bam.
1: But no music. Yeah. Some of the only it's, it's, good music, and we don't get to hear it.
0: Yeah, he's a guy that has everything rehearsed. Again, like Jarrett, he just pretends the music's playing. He comes out and makes the same motions he has every time. It's funny to do for like two guys. It's not funny to do for every wrestler. It doesn't make any sense
2: they could have maybe just like played joke music to make fun of them or something yeah. like that but yeah. nope like
1: clown music or I don't know playground type stuff had them attacked
0: before they made to the- there yeah. could have been loads of things but no nothing nothing instead That's this pay-per-view, I think, in a nutshell. The concept is fine, and there's so much they could do with it. And they just have generic matches with no entrance music instead.
1: They they choose the lazy route, yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of ideas, and then they shortcut to the quickest answer instead of thinking
0: about it. Uh, Connor, a little bit of history on this match. We've gone over in the Nitro recap, but do you want to catch us up quickly?
2: Sure, so we have the iconic moment where DDP, he kind of makes his choice to not be in the the NWO so he gives the diamond cutter to the outsiders and he's really over with the crowds kind of like his shining face moment and the only other time really that has anything to do with this feud at Clash of the Champions the week before Paige helps Eddie Guerrero a guy that like we've seen him feud with for a long time you would think he's gonna like hit Eddie for some reason Eddie was wrestling Scott Norton and Paige ends up giving Scott Norton a diamond cutter so okay there, there is a little a bit of an element in this match and he is feuding still with the NWO and even putting aside his old
1: feuds. So there's an actual reason for him to wrestle Scott Gordon. Very slim. Mm. One,
0: one week build up, but yes. Good. That's more than some matches. They could have had the Agreed. story of Scott's neck is too big to get DDP's arms around. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even diamond cutter him. He's such a dangerous opponent. Scott is built. He's a built man. That's for sure. <laughs> Scott is another guy I would say is much bigger than Buff. Mm. Mm. in like a- in, any- in
2: girth, I would say, yeah, yeah. in diameter, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just neck, neck to neck, Scott wins by a lot. Well, yeah, DDP. Th- he needs
2: he needs to take a few puffs of his cigar. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say. Yeah, I like
1: that. That looks really cool. Like just before the match starts, and he's just smoking away. I'm like, yeah, I connect with this guy. This guy is cool. Yeah, he's he's a character. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, I like that he's smoking beforehand. He gets outpowered in the first exchange, thrown back to the corner, and he just gets up. He's like, okay, and takes a few more puffs of his cigar and puts it back on the ring post. I think that's a nice touch. So we get a really typical story of strong man versus clever technical wrestler. A lot of power moves by Norton. A lot of DDP outsmarting him, pulling the hair. Kind of still cheaty to an extent, like pulling his hair to stop the hammerlock from getting reversed and stuff like this. Crowd sees Sting though. I'm gonna like skip straight to the middle because it's a pretty normal technical match. Crowd sees Sting and Sting is just standing there. The problem is they change the camera to Sting just in the crowd, like right in the middle of the arena as they do an important spot, which is Norton doing a shoulder breaker, like a carrying shoulder breaker, which is what they sell for the next couple moves. So we kind of m- almost missed that to see Sting. Flashes back to the ring, shoulder breaker happens, flashes back to Sting sitting there. Uh, sorry standing there just in the crowd now sting does nothing spoilers ahead sting is not involved in anything for the rest of the pay-per-view you just need to make a generic sting appearance i guess this is that, that infuriated me what did you guys think of this oh he completely kills this match
1: everybody in the crowd turns around has a look what's going on stops paying attention to the match and there's no crowd interaction after that pretty much until the very end of the match
0: Yeah, so the rest of the match plays out with DDP getting his shoulder worked on a little bit on the outside, a couple more power moves from Norton. In the ring, Norton's kind of no-selling some clotheslines or getting up very fast from some clotheslines and face comebacks, but DDP is slowly getting on top of him with all these moves as DDP reverses a hip toss into a, a DDT, like a tornado DDT, which the commentary completely misses. And try and sell as Norton getting a really good hip toss for some reason. I don't know why. But this is when DDP gets the like, upper hand in the match. And NBO walk down to the ring. We hear a voice on a microphone. Really?
2: Big shocker, Dave. Tell me more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we hear a voice on the microphone, which is Buff. And he indeed has the stuff. And he's kind of goading DDP a bit. They make their way down to the ring. It's Buff, IRS, Virgil, Bubba all coming at once. So you know you know they have brought out the A-team to entice ddp this time and they're telling him you know you have another chance here's the t-shirt take the t-shirt they have him surrounded ddp does take it and once again immediately turns on them diamond cutters thrown around a couple punches and out to the crowd where he hulks out of the t-shirt and starts shouting at the nwo buff on the microphone shouts you will never be part of the nwo i don't think he wants to be buff this is the second time you've given him a (laughs) t-shirt and he's thrown a diamond cutter I think the offer is off the table already. I, I think I, I think he's said his piece.
2: They must have not watched Nitro or
0: something. Yeah, they must have not watched Nitro. Buff also then at the end blows a raspberry into the mic. Oh, Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 To show how uh, how much he liked what happened. Uh, this is really indicative of NWO. I don't mind this moment. I think DDP comes off looking really cool while the NWO mid-carders look like plebs. And the ripping off of the t-shirt was a nice. And like the crowd loved it. The crowd ate it up. But you gave this away for free on television. You gave a really cool moment with the Outsiders, which are more relevant wrestlers than these mid-carders doing it. Like, you gave away a better version of this moment on free, free television. Yeah, yeah, And you're just doing a worse rehash on pay TV. It makes no sense. Yeah,
2: it doesn't. It's just a, it's a waste of time. I don't know why <laughs> they even try it. Bagwell's uh, on the mic, I don't know. He says it's cool about like nine times, I counted. It's cool, man.
0: It's cool. Yeah. For all all the talk I gave Bagwell of being able to cut a halfway decent promo, none of what he says makes sense.
1: I just treated this like the goons trying to solicit DDP and the goons are never going to get there. So as soon as they come out, you're like, this doesn't matter because they're not the real NWO.
2: But Gus, Bagwell asked Scott for approval
1: though. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure he did. I'm sure he like got down on his knees and said like, Oh, please let me be this in Parliament. Scott's like, Yeah, that's cool, man. And then hit him with his toothpick.
0: But yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well what well, I thought I thought they could have done a really good angle here where the plebs try and beat up DDP. They try and trick him, They're like, here's the t-shirt and throw a clothesline. But he reverses it and fights out. And then runs and rips up the t-shirt they gave him. And that makes DDP look so over. It makes the NWO look, you know, not strong but smart. Because they tried to trap the guy that embarrassed them. But instead the NWO looks stupid. They're just rehashing something people saw on free TV. So as a customer, you're going to feel a bit ripped off. Because you could have just seen this for free. Better. And all they had to do was this little thing. They just had to make Buff try and punch him. When he puts on the t-shirt, Buff clotheslines him. DDP hits him with a diamond cutter. You know, that's all you needed. It makes no sense.
2: My favorite part is Bishov. He calls DDP dumber than a bag of dirt. <laughs> <You> <laughs> what does what? that mean? Why
0: is it not a bag of rocks? Yeah, like, I don't that's, get it. That's the saying, right? Like your guy is just trying to give someone that beat up, like, the outsiders a t-shirt. How yeah. is DDP the dumb one?
2: <laughs> oh, he's not in the, the cool group anymore, so. No,
0: he's he's not with the cool kids. This was throwaway while the booking made sense, the end interaction did not, and unfortunately it kind of ruins it. To be fair, they get a good reaction
1: from DDP overcoming them. Yeah, they do and love it. It, it does yep. get a good pop, and they get the reaction that they want, but the match is terrible. Um, it just doesn't work for me.
0: Great. So yeah. we jump into another uh, another miss rose <laughs> search.
3: <laughs> Let's get right down to it. I've been waiting all night to ask this one. What is your favorite maneuver and will you please show me how to apply it? I would show you, but there's children watching. I'm in room 802, we'll talk later. Okay. How you doing? Good. My question for you is simple. You see, Masa Chono, the first international member of the New World Order, he kind of comes from a male-dominated society. I want to know what would you as Miss NWO do to make his stay in America a little bit more familiar, so a little more
1: comfortable? Anything
3: he wants, as long as I have some Oh my, folks, we will be back later to find out who is Miss NWO. Uh,
0: we missed the first girl because they're showing replays of DDP ripping off his shirt. By the way, if it's an NWO pay-per-view, why show that replay? Oh yeah, that's, that's not important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to ask these questions because it's wrestling, I guess. But yeah, we missed the first woman. We hear her question, but we miss her face. Second woman has asked a question. I'm going to ask you guys, is this kind of a racist question? The question is, Chono comes from Japan, which is more of a male-dominated culture. I'm not sure if it is, because I don't think the Japanese promotions have these women numbered instead of named. But I don't know. I don't watch much Japanese television, I guess. Is that the entire question? No, no. It's like, what like, what, what? what would you do to make him more comfortable here in the US? What's the sexy answer supposed to be? Why preface it with it's a more male dominated culture? <laughs> Is the answer supposed to be well I'll get more males around then if he's used to them? Or I'll make sure people feel like they can be stay-at-home wives more often to have the males go out and work. Why does it matter if it's a male dominated culture? What does that add to the question? <laughs> what uh...
1: <laughs> you're you're thinking far too logically for this pay-per-view at this point. <laughs> Do you like the answer though? I can't even remember what she
0: answered. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, uh, what's the answer?
2: Anything he wants as long as I got some. I can't remember if it was I got some chopsticks <laughs> or he has some chopsticks. <laughs> I don't. I,
0: I got some chops. It's if, as long as I have some chopsticks, which I don't know oh, what that that's gonna do with male-dominated culture or sexual innuendo. I don't, I don't know what she's gonna do with those chopsticks. Oh, but. it's so bad. Okay, onto a match that I actually enjoyed somewhat. We got the Steiner's. Versus the outsiders for the tag team championships. Why don't you tell us a bit about the build up to the match, Connor? So
2: basis of this feud is that scott is finally back from his back injury the outsiders have an nwo promo talking all about scott's back and how they know all about which vertebrae is injured and all this crap and they're a better team because they don't need to be related and steiners of course respond with an in-ring promo which is scott shouting into the mic <laughs> the classic <laughs> scott steiner promo <laughs> The back is the uh, the main thing about this pay per view because I mean he yes, hasn't wrestled since September, so that's a thing. I wonder if they're gonna target the back guys. Are they gonna target the back?
0: Spoilers, not really.
2: No, not no. really. So it's two good teams facing off, and the you know, the outsiders. Oh, this is a, a really good team we're facing off, but we're better. That's that's the buildup.
0: Yeah, and these are two teams I enjoy a lot. Like I really like Scott and Rick. They're a fantastic tag team wrestlers. Their dynamic works well. I want to note when they're coming down to the ring to the no music and the faceless person makes a comment about them, they do not appreciate the comment. And you can see them both looking at each other. Scott looks so angry. You can see him look at Rick like, yeah, we're going to punch someone when this is done. The last person I would try and insult in the locker room, I think, would be one of the Steiners. Uh, Pretty happy with the entrances, though, because as much as I hate no music for the awesome Steiners we get the iconic NWO music for the first time in the pay-per-view, which is insane. Ah! Oh,
1: Thank God. you so Thank
0: good. <laughs> yeah, about time. Like This wasn't even in the intro stuff. It's so no, bizarre. It was not. Yeah, so I'm super happy to actually finally hear their music. Also, Savvy Hall and Nash, they're wearing their own merch, not just NWO merch.
1: No, it's not just any NWO merch. This is the pinnacle, I think, of ever... Any merch I have ever seen because they have their own merch and it says the outsiders and then there's a picture of them wearing the NWO, NWO merch. Yeah, it's merch.
0: It's merch Merchception. Yeah. <laughs> merch-ception.
1: <laughs> Full on. I'm. I was so impressed. I'm like, that's
0: amazing. They these guys know the business. They've nailed it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think you can get merch any better than that because it's merch that somebody else wears and you go, I want to get that shirt, but not that shirt. The shirt in the shirt.
2: <laughs> Guys, they, they kill it on their, in their promo. They, they say, We basically reinvented wrestling. Yeah. 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 A little bit. They're not wrong. They're not wrong.
0: A little bit. like <laughs> it, it is perfect. Like, Can you just imagine some kid wanting, oh, I want, mom, I want two t shirts. You can only have one. Well, if I get the outsiders one, it's kind of like two t shirts. It's kind of <laughs> like both. It's yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to see the Steiners back though, because like we have they have been around in a long time. It is weird seeing them in like they have won the leather jackets. Yeah. instead of their like what would you call them? Leatherman jackets, I guess. Yeah. that's what I I had a
1: I had a comment that they look like Rob Halford from Judas Priest. They do yeah. a little yeah. bit, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: It's always weird though. Rick always has like very colorful gear. It's like purples and pinks and yellows, yeah. and he even has a matching purple headgear for the match. Well done, Rick.
0: Yeah. No, their, their gear is a little bit different, but still the classic Steiner look. So the match itself, I think, is a pretty classic Steiner's match. Gets some just early back and forth wrestling. No one really going, you know, over the top until Scott gets a bit of an upper hand on Hall. Kev tries to come in to break it up, but Rick stops that dead DDTing. You get the, I don't know what to call their pose, but you know when the, the Steiners are standing alone in the ring, they're doing the, like, Rick is between yeah. Scott's leg and he's, like, barking at everyone and Rick is, like, leading him around like a dog.
2: It turns them, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, dog pose, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they do the kind of rabid dog pose. And I think that's kind of this whole match. It's kind of getting the classics in within 10 minutes. And that's what it is after that. Hall and uh, Nash go into their sneaky heel, trying to do things while the ref isn't looking. But that doesn't make much sense because the ref is on their side. So their dynamic in this match doesn't work as well as it usually does. Uh, I think commentary do a pretty good team of questioning, you know, should Scott Steiner be out here at all? We thought that he would be doing a lot worse, but it looks like Rick is taking the punishment, which we know in reality is because, you know, Scott might not be 100% 100 yet. But also, I guess that's just a classic dynamic of a Steiner match. Rick takes the beating and Scott is the hot tag. One thing that they start doing in the last match that we didn't discuss, but is prominent here as well, is the NWO voice starts just randomly saying loser.
3: We will make history. Loser. There it was again. Thank you very much.
0: Loser. Yeah, it's kind of Loser. just really annoying. And the commentary team, you can tell it's annoying the commentary team. They're kinda of like, Where who's doing that? <laughs> like, it's your show, Eric. You should know who's doing it. <laughs> like, Why are you saying that?
2: It got like in a reaction the first time, so like, oh, we should keep doing it because this pay-per-view is bombing. Funny. We gotta do something, yeah. right? It works. Yeah.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> it's one of those things that became so unfunny it was funny. It was done to death, yeah. and eventually it start being, fun- and then it became unfunny again.
2: But it comes like a signature thing of the NWO, this like soundboardy type thing of like the you know the new 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 the, yeah. like that type of thing. This is kind of where it starts, I noticed, especially with the NWO theme going forward. So, yeah, we that's what we got now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, I, I imagine the Steiners don't appreciate. They don't take these <laughs> things kindly. <laughs> One thing midway through the match, after all the classic, we you know we get the classic fall-away, uh slam from Hall. We're getting some of the cheaty kind of face stuff. We get a choke slam from Hall, which he busts out every now and again as one of his big moves. One thing I never got in their kind of cheaty, cheaty face kind of uh clap myself in for a tag doesn't make any sense to me. So the only time I've ever seen it make sense is when a wrestler is halfway across the ring and their partner makes a big clap and just runs in and hits someone. And that's his partner roll out. I've seen that, and that's quite clever. But when your partner's right next to you and you're too lazy to stick out your hand. So instead, Kev just claps. I'm like, the time it took you to clap, you could have stuck out your hand, Kev. What? You're ginormous. You can tag him from halfway across the ring. It makes no sense.
2: Why doesn't Patrick just do the fast count for for this match too? Fuck Dick
0: Patrick, damn yeah, it! He he he, thought... he the dynamic of some of these matches because this isn't a bad match, right? This is just classic outsider stuff. This is just classic Steiner stuff. But the outsiders dynamic doesn't work if you're not if you don't have a ref to work against.
2: I think with this match of of all the other matches we've seen to this point, too, there's just we have star power finally, yeah, and it, it really brings it across with re- reactions. The moves are really over. I mean, Steiners—they didn't really get much build up as as I kind of said in the beginning of the match. Everybody knows the Steiners; they love them, so it, does, it doesn't really matter. We want to see Scott Steiner just suplex some people, and he fucking does it, and it's great.
0: Yeah, which he's great at. Like he throws around Cav like he's nothing.
2: Yeah, impressive. Yeah. I was not expecting that, so I wanted to bring up this one point. Did you guys hear there was a lot of drunk fans yelling at this point? Yep,
0: They were yelling at the poor NWO girls as well. Well, at w- one point,
2: they go,
3: Forearm to the side of the head.
0: Dibiase, you suck, and you swallow. <laughs> wow. You can tell the crowd are into their pay-per-view if they have time to do that, right?
1: They, uh, then they target one of the girls. Yep, There's, there's crazy, some worse yeah. stuff, yeah.
0: Also, they also don't know the girls' names, so they just shout their numbers. And luckily, their numbers are right. On Number the four. Yeah, yo. yeah. Good days for those girls. That's something they can look back on when they're older. <laughs> in in the match itself, we get Rick takes the isolation spot. You know, getting beat down, getting cheated on. Patrick keeps going over to Steiner and stopping him and controlling him from getting into the ring. Which again isn't exactly needed because the heel dynamic doesn't need to be there. Eventually, that's broke up a little bit by Scott just walking around the ring, trying to get to Nash's side, because Nash is doing some shenanigans on the outside to Rick. Nick Patrick stops him, but then I assume he just runs through Nick Patrick, but the camera completely misses it. I don't know if he pushes him or if Nick just gets intimidated, but the crowd go mental, so I assume someone put hands on Nick, and Scott comes around and just clocks Nash.
2: We'll never know. (laughs) And this is a really weird point too. So apparently Scott was swearing as well, and it's cut out of the network version, of course. And that's why Bischoff is all of a sudden apologizing a Bunch.
4: Hey,
2: hey, 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 hey. Yeah, and when he gets back on the oh, apron, really? he says, Nash, fuck you. You can, you can
0: kind of <laughs> Yeah, he, I, I don't think anything got botched either. He just sometimes gets into cursing. Uh, Patrick gets involved with Scott again. I kind of like this little bit of the twist on the story. Patrick gets involved with Scott again, allowing Rick to uh, get the low blow and the hot tag. We all know what happens when Scott Steiner comes in off a hot tag and it's clotheslines and suplexes for everyone for days.
2: I wish Eric would just shut up at this point about Scott's back, that he was faking it. Just there's There's no need to. Obviously, the wrestlers have just forgotten about it, so you should too as well.
0: Yeah, at least they, they chose not to use it. It's fine if it's a start of the match. It's fine if they don't want to actually work his back. Maybe it is actually injured. Like, if you stop talking about it, we'll forget about it. If you keep talking about it, we'll just keep thinking it's stupid. None of your excuses are going to be good enough. So, final kind of run of this match. They try and set up their doomsday bulldog kind of thing. Uh, Kev gets back in the ring, though, and knees Rick in the back, causing Hall to kind of fall onto Scott on the rope, stopping him from climbing. And starting to set him up for the razor's edge. At the same time, Nick Patrick has got caught by a light breeze, so falls out of the (laughs) the ring like he's been the
1: shittiest ref bump ever. (laughs) This is the
0: best ref bump I have ever seen. (laughs) Literally gets tapped on the shoulder by Rick on the way down, so gets he sells it like he's been shot in the gut. Just like stumbles for a while (laughs) and falls through the middle rope and lies motionless. It is the worst. So Hall hits the Razor's edge on Scott Steiner, but there's no ref, which lets uh, Rick hit a top rope bulldog, which apparently is the most powerful finishing move of all time because Hall is down for legitimately five minutes. While Randy Anderson runs in from the crowd, we've seen Randy from earlier in the night, and get the three count from this bulldog, the commentary team go ballistic, saying this is never going to stand and that uh they're gonna get they're gonna to go to the championship do they call it the championship committee or championship council? Yeah championship committee yep. Yep. committee and they're gonna get it erased in five minutes One of the funniest comments, Eric Eric goes on way too long about getting this erased, which makes him just look kind of childish, opposed to like cool heels.
2: This pissed me off the most, the the, the commentary right here. Agreed,
0: agreed, 100% agreed, yeah. Yeah, It just made him look real childish. If he was a smug heel, he'd just say it once, like, don't worry, don't worry, that's going to be back under NWO control soon. But fuck that,
1: like, they just gave away the entire gimmick and storyline. Yeah. It's a dusty finish realistically that's what it is and that they were going to go on nitro and go well this shouldn't happen because randy anderson wasn't a legal referee for the thing and that's what you you get people to show up on nitro to watch you don't give yeah. it away on the pay-per-view and go nah that's not that's not going to count
0: also people it's, just it's not pay to watch people just pay to watch this pay-per-view so why are you letting them know during the pay-per-view that their money has been wasted don't worry nothing you see on a pay-per-view counts if the NWO loses that's not fun
2: Another thing that pisses me off too, it just, we go into this whole Randy Anderson, he gets fired. So we get this kind of storyline. Oh God. It's just another instance. It's like, it makes the storyline about the referee again Mm. and not the actual wrestlers, Mm. which is, I guess what gets me the most.
0: He also gives that away at the pay-per-view. He's like, I'm going to fire him the second, you know, I see him next or whatever. The the second I get a chance. Okay. So you've just given away another month of storyline. I don't know. Like I get that sometimes heels are supposed to be like slimy and... You, like, you want to see them suffer, and this is part of them, like, suffering. But it went on way too long. It went in, on into the next match, into the start of the next match. And at the end of the next match, it's mentioned <laughs> again. So I
2: forgot about that, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah
0: like, yeah. Six comes out in an entrance, and Six is trying to be very cool in his entrance. And all Eric can talk about is the finish of this match still. Which is, I think, just disrespectful to the performers. For one, as a comment- commentary, you're supposed to be putting them over.
2: Right. And it's a decent match too. I mean, this is like really good chemistry by both yeah. teams. You have a lot of star power. Yeah.
0: This is
1: one of the best matches on the pay per view. Yeah. Easy. Well, yeah.
2: I think what happens too is there's titles on the line, guys. Yeah. There's something yeah. that we can. Yeah. Even though like the whole back injury was ignored, like I enjoyed it. The ending was like you know
0: whatever. Yeah, I, I wish Nick Patrick wasn't in the match, but I think it's a fine Steiner outsiders match. Both of them got their spots in. There was a story. I think it's a good match.
2: Is it me or like... It, am I wrong to think that I'm getting a little bit bored of the Outsiders?
0: It is the same match every time. It's not a bad match, but it is the same match every time. That's exactly
2: what I've written my notes I was going to say next. The matches are very samey.
1: I think it's because there's no feud. They never feud with anyone. They're just wrestling whoever the next person is. That's the number one contender. And that's it.
2: Yeah, I wish DDP was like teamed up with somebody. That would actually make a yeah. storyline yeah. too, but... That's, wait, no, that's too much. That's too smart. It's oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. Take <laughs> a swig of
0: my whiskey. I'm done. Like him and Eddie? Yeah, that would be sweet. Him, him and, Eddie. and Eddie would have worked really well. It is just the same story. It's like Scott and Hall aren't bad wrestlers, but they know that because they're heels, they can't look dominant. So what they'll do is they'll look fine at the start of the match. Faces will make a comeback. One of the faces gets put in a corner and isolated and cheated against. Hot tag, weird finish. And it's never bad because the people involved in all these matches harlem heat faces uh the faces and the outsiders like all these people are good wrestlers the steiners they're all great wrestlers so this is never bad but it if it doesn't change soon i'm gonna start calling it bad just because we've seen it so many times in a row so we'll move on to a match which sounds pretty good on paper eddie guerrero versus six for the u.s title Uh, we saw at the last pay-per-view eddie actually picking up this title and getting beat down and Xbox just kind of holding it, it's a bit like the giant situation with the US title. So Six doesn't actually own the title but is holding on to it. So now this is an official title match and Eddie's just trying to get his belt back. So it's kind of like Eddie is defending and trying to win it, which is which is a bit of a strange dynamic, but I think it's I think it's fine. Of note, throughout the pay-per-view, a couple times they commentators have said that Scott Hall helped invent the ladder match. And that he's giving pointers to six for this. A quick point of contention, Scott Hall did not invent the ladder match. <laughs> Scott Hall might have perfected the ladder match. And really, Dave? Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who invented it, Dave? Who invented uh, it? Dan Croft as apparently the inventor, and he invented okay. it in Stampede yeah. 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 in yeah. 1972. The reason it was in WWE, apparently, as well. So it's not even like Scott and uh, Sean saw no, it in Stampede. So Brett brought it over. Because Brett was in a stampede match, a ladder match in Stampede, a third or fourth one. And Brett, you know, pitched it a couple times and eventually they gave it to Scott and Sean as a match. Correct.
1: I'm pretty sure Brett and Sean had won on a house show, I think. Okay, I didn't
0: know that. Before a pay-per-view. Now, of course, Scott Scott and Sean probably still the best ladder match of all time. No, no. You don't think so? I disagree. What do you think? It's Chris
1: Benoit and Chris Jericho, Royal Rumble, 2001. Mm, That's a good one. That
0: is a very good one.
1: That's my favorite.
0: Yeah. You can certainly say that Scott, up until this point, definitely, was the best one. The Stampede Mm. ones don't seem to be much to, to call home about, really. So Yeah, I would agree. It's I get what they're trying to do, and w- WWF would do the exact same thing and not give any credence to Stampede as a of course, federation of as well. Yeah. Yeah, but sure. yeah, just so you listeners out there know, Scott Hall did not invent the ladder match. And I, I do not <laughs> think Scott Hall would claim Scott Hall invented the ladder match. Eddie comes out to a kind of racist remark by the, by the all-seeing, all-knowing NWO voice. He's called a Mexican jumping bean. Oh, jumping bean, yeah. <laughs> I was like racist remark oh yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of like it's not that racist but it's kind it still wasn't necessary
1: yeah it's not still necessary.
0: unnecessary Eddie actually plays up to the crowd a bit you know does a good job of not having music and poor six gets the jobber music
2: yeah. at least it's the last time we get to hear it yeah. yes
1: my <laughs> god
2: ever, oh. ever hopefully ever
1: and also he gets no reaction nobody yeah. cares. This guy doesn't wrestle, man. He
0: just... Yeah. How is he supposed to he get... get he, yeah. There's a few things I've noted. He gets no reaction. As much as they build him up before and during the match, they just keep complaining about the uh, about the tag match during Six's entrance, which is so rude. Yeah, they should be building Six.
2: Yeah, Eric's voice is notably hoarse at this point, too.
0: I yeah, he, he is not that. used to talking mm. this long in a row. He's not in the podcast game, I'll, t- I'll tell <laughs> you that much.
2: So I wanted to ask, though, do you guys know how young X-Pac is at this point?
1: He looks Ooh. very young, but I don't... I want, Take a guess. I want to say
0: mid-20s. Correct. 25. But bang! There you go. Right, yeah. On. Yeah. All right. Nice. 25, Round but though, that's... Fuck me, that's young. It's really young to be at this stage of the card as well. That's
1: super young for this kind of period of wrestling, and yeah. particularly the spot that he's got. This is essentially the semi-main event. I
0: yeah. wonder how old Eddie is at this point, actually. Eddie's not too old either, right?
1: So Eddie is 29 at this point.
0: Oh, gee, okay. okay, I didn't know he was that old. But that's still really young. Yeah, Eddie's considered yep. young at this stage, right? In that generation of wrestling, Eddie's still the youngster coming in. Two young guys in the semi-main event. So it seems they have some confidence in these guys to put on great matches at this stage or good storylines.
1: don't know if they have confidence in Eddie. And I think Six is more, I know all the people in power, to be honest. That is mm-hmm. that is
0: also fair. You know when Six becomes much better and more as a wrestler... When he realises he can put a lot of water in his hair before matches. He has really <laughs> puffy, curly hair. and To I be never thought- fair, yeah. I
1: think Six was better as a wrestler about three years before this. Before he had his neck injuries and so on. Also, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I never thought it would put me off a match. But he has very puffy hair. I really wish someone would just dump some water over it.
1: As I said earlier in my notes, which I didn't point out. But he looks like Kenny Powers. He does look like Kenny, Kenny Parris. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> look like what him. I'd like to point out is the two of them are basically wearing the same gear with slightly yeah. different colors.
0: Yeah. I have that noted. There's a story about Dolph Ziggler a couple years ago when the Shield are trying to talk through a match with him before they go out. I think it might be Ambrose. And they're talking and he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. And they're like, what? We have to go out in a couple of minutes. He's like, I'm going to go put water in my hair. Like, no, what are you talking about? We have to talk the match. And he's like, listen, there won't be a match if I don't have wet hair. And he just walks. <laughs> he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks away to slick back his hair. I wish someone told Six that at this stage in his career, but it's a very, it's a very weird sticking point for me. Stop picking that Xbox man. He's my boy. You poor guy. He no, he's a, not. I'm Don't starting to feel. I'm starting to feel sorry. Don't even lie.
2: <laughs> when he's in WWF, yes, he actually was my yeah, boy. But not here. Not here.
0: No. So the match itself is decent kind of opening. Again, I've said this multiple times, so I won't harp on. I'm I'm not a big fan of Xbox, like karate style, but it's over with the crowd, I think. I think it's fine. So he has a lot of like martial arts strikes, a lot of like spinning back heels to start the match. We get a nice Hurricane Rana into a Tilt the tilt- world backbreaker by Eddie, sending sixty outside, and Eddie follows him with a nice top rope cross body. The one thing I think that gets me the most about the striking style of Six is whenever he does it, Eric starts talking about his like yes, martial arts. Yes, I was going to bring this up
2: <laughs> again. Gus was like, "Oh, Eric wasn't that bad in commentary." I was like, "Really?" <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but no. parts oh like God. this, I'm like, "Oh no!" You
0: know that Eric also does martial arts. Oh he! Oh my God! If you didn't,
1: you'll know now. <laughs> yeah, because Eric does karate.
0: He does karate.
1: He he did some uh, he did some
0: kickboxing as well, according to this. Also, ah, Steven Seagal, that guy, that guy's nothing compared to X Pac, and, <laughs> and,
4: and Eric Bischoff,
0: Jean Claude Van Damme, Stone Cold, nothing compared to X Pac and Eric Bischoff.
2: <laughs> Eric Bischoff, how how dare you? Saying not like phony
1: Glacier. Yeah. Oh, I was so, you. I was so insulted. I was like, Glacier's grand, man. He's Stop also, giving out about Glacier.
0: He's also give in him, your company. <laughs> give him a chance. You
1: know what? You should have him on pay-per-view. And then they, and then everybody can see how good Glacier is.
0: <laughs> but like, I can understand picking on movie stars and going wrestling is real. Movie stars aren't. But saying this wrestler is real. But this other wrestler that we pay money for you to watch isn't. <laughs> but what yep. is that? Why is he doing that? We get that. You're tough, Eric. We, we think you're tough, oh, Eric. We think you're tough.
2: No. Well, this is definitely the early days of the Bronco Buster, because that was a shitty Oh, it was a bad it. Bronco he, yeah, It's like he didn't know yeah, what to yeah. do, right?
0: He just did one and then was like, uh, I guess I'll get up now.
2: Yeah. It doesn't really work when you're not in Degeneration D- I guess, because it's like, yeah, my crotch. Yeah. Stick it <laughs> yeah. in your face. Yeah. But like here, it's like what? You're like,
1: oh, okay,
0: yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, mm. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to keep being rude. I guess I'll get up. There's a nice spot where Eddie does. It. Eddie's done. It, I think every time we've seen him, his backflip off the top rope when he gets pushed, and then six yeah. Uh, yeah. lands a nice spinning wheel kick. So I think I think that looked nice. Uh, after that, Eric starts talking about how easily six is concussed, prone to concussions. Yeah, it's super weird. And do you know what the worst part about it is?
1: Is it true? That's how he got fired.
0: Really. Like mm. too many it's concussions. To do with his injuries, yeah, yeah. It's probably not. It's really, really weird. It's it's definitely weird to listen to now. I guess back then people saw a concussion as something you could tough through and wasn't a big deal. But listening to it now is a bit cringy. I'm like, ah, oh, he probably shouldn't wrestle anymore if he gets a lot of concussions. It's,
2: yeah, especially after this match. This is a physical match. Yeah, it's
0: it's fairly full on for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, and some of the spots are so casual. Like there's another suplex to the outside, and they just do it like a transfer spot, like it's nothing. <laughs>
2: Dave Classic. Yeah, know. he's yeah. like,
0: get to the outside. Let's hope you land on your back and not anything else. And yeah, that was nothing. <laughs> oh. So Six, after that suplex to the outside, does a sweet on to the outside that the camera almost missed because it's looking at the belt. Camera's on the belt, but if it wasn't like an overview, they would have just missed it because they did not know what Six was about to do. So finally, we get the ladder involved. It was at the top of the runway. Six brings it down to the ring, rams it into Eddie, also hitting one of the girls' bikes on the way down. We get the classic kind of seesaw spot where Six is trying to bring the ladder into the ring and like he's fighting with Eddie over it. So Eddie just jumps off the apron, pushes the ladder down and pushes it up into Six's face, which always makes me cringe because is it it Mercury that gets his face busted open with that? Yeah. Yeah, Joey. Mercury. Joey Mercury. Yeah, Mercury just gets his face exploded with that. And any time I see someone taking that spot, I hope it doesn't happen again.
1: I, uh, I have to give them props because they used one ladder. Yes. Just the one that didn't take anything else out from under the ring or anything like that. It was just the one ladder at the top of the ramp. And that was it. Yeah.
0: We get the classic ladder in the corner. Eddie ends up eating that one Irish whip. We get some other like slight uses. Like we had a flapjack into the ladder and stuff like that. And we get a couple stomps with Eddie under the ladder. Six goes to the top to try and do the... Shauna did at some stage, you know, when you fall with the ladder on top of someone. But instead gets a drop kick into the face, which sets up a nice superplex. Again, these guys are just, like, the superplex is such a throwaway move for them. It's almost a transition at this stage. Crowds start getting behind Eddie, which I think is the first time we've heard we're getting Eddie chance here.
2: We get him on Nitro. I think I said that in the previous episode that he has a lot more support on Nitro. But, yeah, as far as pay-per-view, I think this is the most over that we've seen him.
0: This is also probably the best we've seen him, in fairness, as well. This is a pretty hot, yeah. fast yeah. match as well. Like we're, I'm talking a lot of spots through, and this, is, this isn't even the longest match in the night. It's, like, the third longest. They're, they're, there's just no stop they're just getting all these spots in uh one after another and dave do you, kn- you know what the secret is what
2: nick patrick has nothing to do with this match yes. because he doesn't 100%. matter so we can focus
1: on the wrestlers
0: <laughs> nick doesn't actually nick could have got involved by pulling a leg off the ladder or whatever but luckily he doesn't
1: nick is too busy getting a breather because he's done every other single match tonight so he's like i'll take this one off
0: that's fine yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, his role for this match is mainly he checks on the wrestlers, particularly like x he tries to like, he helps him with the ladder because like, yeah, yeah. Six can't like carry the ladder into yeah. the ring
0: somehow. Ed, what's funny is Eddie does not have a problem lifting the ladder. Six seems to have a problem. Maybe he should work in the gym a little bit. <laughs> Patrick also holds the ladder steady a couple times, I see. So it looks like the ladder might have taken an early dent and Patrick needed to hold it, which is, I guess, good ref work by him. We get three kind of ladder spots here. The ladder is set up three different times. First time, Eddie and Six climb together and Six knocks Eddie off with like a jumping spin kick. And both of them, Six hits the ground hard with this. Eddie just like normal bumps. Six just clatters.
1: Is this the ensiguri spot? Yeah. I, th- looks- I think that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Because what I noted was that it looked awesome. And nobody reacted.
0: Yeah, which I was, surprised. It was, I was awful. Like, I'm like,
1: literally, this guy is killing himself to do this spot, and nobody gives a shit about it. Like, yeah, oh,
0: that was I, great. <laughs> I felt bad as well. Like he landed like on his hip and stuff. It didn't look good. It, as in, it looked great, but it did not look good for six at the end of it. I'm like, oh, why? Yeah. Why? At this point, we're getting comments from Eric that six represents the blue collar workers. Yeah. How on earth does he represent that?
2: His leather jacket? I don't know, man. On what
1: planet does Six look like a blue-collar worker? Band- his bandana? <sighs> he's,
0: he's basically the new era Dusty Rhodes, didn't you know? He's just a common man. Like, I know I said some of the commentary is good, but fuck that commentary. That's terrible. <laughs> yes,
1: I finally convinced Gus. Yes. Oh, God. Falling on hard times, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we get them back right back on the ladder i kind of like this that like they don't have much time to work so they're just doing it we're tired and we're just trying to get the title uh this time six gets the upper hand and throws eddie off the ladder eddie lands on his feet stumbles and like accidentally hits the ladder knocking six off you know throw first onto the top rope they're down a little bit longer and we get a third time they set up the ladder again they both get to the top Six undoes the title as Eddie is holding it, so they're fighting over it. Eddie gets the upper hand and clocks six with the title, knocking them both off, and Eddie left standing. I guess it's kind of it's not really how a ladder match works, but Eddie wins.
1: It's the dumbest finish I've seen in a long time, and I think it's a bit of a botch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think, I think that so too. it's fucked up. I don't think they mean for it with Eddie having to get off the ladder to pick up the belt. I think he's meant to hold onto it. Yeah, I think he fell. Like, I think X-Pac or Six, whatever you want to call him, is meant to fall off and Eddie's meant to hold on to it, but they don't catch it, so he it drops, so he has to get down and pick it up and it just makes it look 10 times worse as well, but it's still really, really stupid.
0: It makes it look like Six fell with the title and won. Kind of,
1: yeah, but it, it's a terrible end, it's a terrible end. Like, it's a it's a solid match, I'm not going to say it's a bad match or anything, but it's a really, really bad finish.
0: Yeah, I can agree, that the finish is kind of unimaginative and... All the other spots that were done in such quick succession, I thought there'd just be a nice one. Nice finish makes this an excellent match, right? I don't know. Even like, even if they'd done climb to the top the third time, and they're so tired that Eddie is finally able to knock six off and take the title, it wouldn't be amazing, but it would still be way better than what happened.
2: Do you guys know what Eric meant by "do this for Allison Chains, man"? I, th-
1: I think it's just a band he likes. Oh my god, something to do with Lane Staley?
2: Yeah, maybe he did die around this time. Okay, that makes sense.
1: That's what I'm going to look up now. Yeah, Yep.
0: no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay.
1: No, he definitely didn't die then. Uh... So is it just,
0: I enjoy Alice in Chains, and also Xbox looks like a dude that enjoys Alice in Chains?
2: <sighs> that's why I was asking you guys. I was lost for yeah, words. I, I think couldn't
0: think why. of a
1: reason. That's mm-hmm. super weird. What is he on about?
2: <laughs> I don't know man oh. I think what ruined it the most I mean yeah the finish wasn't the best the moment is lessened because there's no victory music as well I said that's oh, the other 100%. worst part about no music yeah. is you don't get this like big moment where the crowd can pop I mean Eddie does get a nice pop it's like man we could have gotten Eddie over w- way more with all yeah, these together you,
0: you also get the nice moment he's in the crowd and the WCW guys he's like celebrating with Iron yeah. and stuff which could be not an exact passing of the guard, but you know, the tough guys, the old schoolers giving their praise to Eddie, and he's the new wave defending WCW. And again, we're surprised by how much music affects it. Music would have made it a bigger moment. Also, commentary ruining it, telling them that Eddie used a foreign weapon to win. What are you, it's a ladder match. What are you talking about? It's like, oh, he's not allowed to hit him with the title. You're supposed to just get the title. Same with when Eddie hits them. So they don't comment when X Pac hits Eddie with a ladder. Then when Eddie hits X Pac with a ladder, he's like, What's he doing? That's meant for climbing. What? Thanks. Okay. Sure. Like you just you just referenced the Scott Hall match where they lamp each other with a ladder multiple times. What are you Bishop oh, Bischoff.
1: A plus commentary. Oh, Bischoff <laughs> like at this point fuck this show like, like, I'm,
0: I'm, I've given up I'm just like let's get through the last half hour so I can I, be finished I, I think I think Bischoff has already given up but we get the highlight of the show coming next which you guys will be happy oh, with oh no which is the no the crowning oh. of Miss NWO uh, this moment so essentially they have them all lined up on stage they they introduce all of them by name this time which is nice but if you're going to introduce each one of them again why were they individual segments in your show why were they only called by numbers then and why are they called by names now we also get little facts about them which are kind of depressing. No offense, ladies. I don't know if they're actual generic facts, but like one of their hobbies. Oh, I
1: have some great facts. I I haven't written down yet. I I wrote down some, but if Connor has them, he
0: should talk about them.
2: Oh yeah, I love how Jeff he starts it off by cheer your backsides off for whichever lady that you like most. Yeah,
0: you've 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 made sexual innu- innuendos that are gross the entire show, and you won't say ass. Jeff won't say ass, but he's been just asking women to say lewd things on TV for the last. Mm. yes do you want to throw some of those those nice facts they put up on screen for us connor do i ever so number
2: one miss natalie hobbies include tapping kegs and shooting
0: pool okay. sure okay. okay yeah that's, that's normal yeah.
2: number two miss laurie men with bowling shirts turn me on <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't believe no I, I hope i'm not offending anyone but i i don't believe that's what she said i don't <laughs> I don't believe believe that's what she filled in on the questionnaire.
2: I forgot to mention too, it's weird that they have
1: their measurements of the women. That mm. just that mm. feels yeah. terrible. Yeah, and it's say, say, super <laughs> weird. Age is bad enough. And then they have their measurements. <laughs>
2: oh another thing too is when whatever his name is, he announces like each each gal. Though I kind of like awkwardly dance into the middle of the ramp. It's kind of like you're...
1: Yeah, and not- and nothing is planned or like coordinated. So they kind of like some of them come too early and some of them don't even realize they're meant to do what they're doing. And it's just, <laughs> oh, it's just all really awkward. And it feels like you've wandered into this weird strip club where the entire show has finished and you're not part <laughs> of the main show. And like you're not invited to the party afterwards.
0: It's just, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I, I I need Connor to read out more because at this point I've gouged my eyes out with my fork. And I, <laughs> di- I didn't get to see what happened beyond this point.
2: Okay, I'm sorry, Dave. All right, we'll get back to it. Number three, Miss Rachel. She enjoys training Rottweilers. Okay, that's okay, respectable. Yep. Four, Miss Miss D, hobby treating hangovers. Uh, sure. Sure. Number five, Miss Connie, quote is, shut up, you little brats. I think this was the bus driver. (laughs) Yeah, this was the bus driver. Uh, Number six, I don't have a name. I'm sorry. Uh, Detailing pickup trucks. Everyone needs a hobby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number seven is Miss Becky, hobby, cooking brats and french fries. You know, typical hobby. Uh, Very
0: specific. I I think she does many different types of brats and french fries. And not just generic (laughs) ones from the market all the time. She's a connoisseur of the, the of the French fry.
1: Connoisseur, connoisseur.
0: <laughs> Not in this case. Not connoisseur. Not in this case.
1: <laughs> that sounds like they're just like particularly interested in coins, in, yeah. in currency coins. and coins. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> All right, we gotta get through this. Number eight and number nine. For some reason, it's the same graphic. Whatever. So one of them is Miss Tricia. That's number whatever. And the graphic says Mary. This woman looks super young.
1: Yeah, one of them does. It's like really suspect. Yeah. The
2: best is, though, the
1: occupation, Grain Inspector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: What an occupation. And quote is, men in leather, get my motor running. And so number nine, same graphic, so we don't know what it is. Number 10, Miss Jody, hobby bowling and playing the lottery. Another great, Another great hobby you know, for everyone to have. Yeah. Definitely.
0: This is the, the high point of the pay-per-view where Eric is invited onto the stage because we're, we're informed that it's actually, even though we had to cheer for them, it's not our decision who wins, apparently. It's Eric's. It's all Eric's. It's always been Eric's decision who wins this competition. Eric asks the crowd, Is there anything better than a girl with her own hog? In which the crowd replies, Absolutely no who gives noise. You shit? Please stop doing this segment. <laughs> no one cares if the woman owns her own bike. That's your fetish, Eric. No one else's.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Eric is just in his element at yeah. that point. And he's just completely being creep to every single woman even if he doesn't even go near them it's just so weird and it's so sleazy and I don't even want to be watching this anymore and it it just keeps going and it keeps going
0: it goes on for so long
2: yeah of course we have to have a tiebreaker so wow come on
0: he refers to himself as the king and he is the king the king of the creeps he's absolutely the king of the creeps
2: you should get the, the, the quote right. It, sh- it should be, it's good to be the king instead of it's good to yeah, be king. Yeah, good to be
0: the king, sorry. But Eric decides that there needs to be a tiebreaker, as you said. He's going to ask two remaining girls a question, but he's going to whisper to them and they're going to whisper back and you don't get to hear it. Why? No one but Eric and that woman, those women he whispers to know. But that's what happened. And then Eric chose a woman. And I don't mean to be rude. Eric did not pick the most conventionally pretty woman, And I was like, okay, so they, I I don't mind that. And there's nothing nothing wrong with that. So maybe they've picked like the biggest biker lover or wrestler lover. I'm like, okay, that's fair. I don't mind. But then Eric goes on to like jokingly said, she's beautiful on the inside while laughing at DiBiase to make it really creepy and scummy. And then they put her on a throne that is a giant toilet. So they just (laughs) purposely have obviously purposely picked a woman they don't find attractive, made fun of her, and made her sit on a giant toilet.
2: And doesn't even know her name doesn't either. Doesn't
0: even know her name.
1: You haven't even got to the kiss yet.
0: Oh, they kiss twice. Oh, they like do yeah. a real deep kiss twice. Eric kisses her.
1: And they get and pyro. They get pyro. Oh, of course,
2: yeah. Because Eric gets pyro. <laughs> <laughs> to our listeners, by the way, this stuff is actually happening. We're not making no, shit not up just, here.
0: We're not just besmirching the good Bischoff name. It made my <laughs> soul feel dirty it's so awful
1: like I would rather they just show porno yeah at this point yeah like porno would be less awkward than this Oh, really
0: would it, it is it is the worst thing oh, I've ever seen in wrestling it's so bad it's so bad and it's the worst of wrestling all in one encapsulated in one thing like so I would watch Trish Stratus bark like a dog for Vince McMahon on a loop for five hours before I'd watch these two these five two minute segments ever again in my oh
1: this is this is, this a, is tough. a tough
0: would you rather that's a tough would you rather the big problem is that
1: this this segment never ends yeah it goes on forever 10 minutes i, I clocked it like i i literally have it in full caps in the notes i just have it never ends <laughs> because it goes on forever and because of that there's no commentary yeah other than eric <laughs> and there's no interaction with the crowd so the crowd just has to stand there and listen to eric be a skis to every single woman to two until girls. he's done with whatever he sees fit is good enough for him. And it's just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. As a wrestling fan, I'm kind of ashamed, even just watching this.
0: As a, as as a, a person, human being, I'm I wish yeah. I wasn't a human being. <laughs> yeah. The worst thing is, so a lot of the sexist angles that are going to come up in later nitros and in WWF, I understand who it's for. I understand it's for teenagers without better sense. I hate it. Well, they understand their target. This is just for Eric. There is no, there's no target audience for yep. this. No one in the crowd. No teenagers going, yeah, this is hot. <laughs> Why is that woman on a giant black toilet?
2: By the way, her name is Miss Becky. Ta- Miss thank Becky you wins. very much.
1: <laughs> Miss, Miss oh, no Becky. problem.
0: No oh, problem, okay.
2: Dave.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm glad there's a name. I'm glad there's a name. But like, they must have not consulted with this at all. They've literally oh, no. just gone, yeah, we're going to do this. Can can you imagine? So
0: these, Some of these wrestlers aren't going to get pyro or music or some of them are going to be underpaid or not on full-time contracts. What (sighs) are we going to do with the rest of the money? We're going to paint a giant toilet black.
1: Let's not forget, they make a big point about the fact that the only reason these women are here is because they paid their own way and they were able to show up and they paid their own way. Nothing to do with them bringing them on. They just take the piss out of them it's it's horrible it's so bad (laughs) another terrible
2: thing about this is it's just really bad tv like all around as like far as like live tv the whole like it's not structured right i'm gonna ask the question so nobody can hear it like what why why is that compelling to watch and what bothers me is to like bischoff like likes to brag that oh well wcw we do live tv better than wwf it's like well what the fuck is is
1: this then fucking awful this is fucking (laughs) terrible (laughs) Like this is just full of like of women that are just standing there who are basically being treated like pieces of meat and Before they're the show. expected to figure out something on the spot. And then if they don't, they just get ridiculed and it's just horrifying.
0: Yeah. It's and, so and these, bad. These are like, fans of the show, right? Like we assume that these are like they've written in or they have pulled them from the crowd one or the two. So these are actual fans of your product. These are like models you've paid and you're going to tell them, hey, you're going to take a bit of, it. again, not acceptable, but if you paid a model and told her, you're going to take a bit of abuse tonight for fun. At least she knows what's coming. You're just degrading your fans. Oh, okay. Let's get off of this.
4: And yeah, yeah, I'm just glad it's we're done with this. Yeah. this ah, is still well, done. That, that's the we, end of it.
0: We have, we have a positive out of all this. It can't get any worse. This is bottom, gentlemen. We've reached rock bottom of wrestling and there's
1: only up. This is the worst non-wrestling thing I've watched
0: ever. Yeah, not close. I think ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to the main event, which has been building for since uh, Starcade, and we get finally get the giant face turn. It's really, really since World War. Yeah,
4: World War. It, it's yeah. been like
0: yeah. bubbling since World War, and it blew up at Starcade, and we start to see the result of it. We get the giant face turn on pay per view. Though he turned on the Nitro uh, before. Do you want to tell us a bit about the incident on Nitro, Connor?
2: Yeah, so this is where we get like the the Bischoff he claims that there's the one tape thing, which is, you know, <laughs> stupid again, but so as the NWO they beat down Piper, Hogan tells him to choke slam Piper and Giant of course refuses. Hogan accuses Giant of course of dropping the ball again and Giant grabs Hogan by the throat nwo they calm down calm down giant and giant just wants his title shot hogan is like okay fine you can get your title shot and then they walk out of the ring like all right everything's okay and then hogan's like oh get him and then we get the the real the real turn and they swarm him and they finally get to him so then the following week that giant storms the ring during a hogan promo giants like this guy that can finally take up all the numbers of the nwo including press slamming nick patrick was ooh. Mwah, beautiful, <laughs> loved it. I would pay to see that again. So Hogan finally gets the chair to Giant. They beat him down for a while. That's where we get Sting comes down from the to the ring. He whispers to Giant again. Who, who what is he saying to Giant? We'll never know. And he leaves the bat to Giant and Vince goes to grab the bat, but Giant wakes up, and he fights off the entire NWO with the bat.
1: I really hope that, like, what Sting is telling all these people is, like, he's been growing as a person, (laughs) and he's been enjoying his time off, so he's decided to become a writer, and he's, like, telling him, like, fragments of writing for a novel that he's going to produce. And they're like, "Oh wow, that's so so inspirational."
0: I, I hope he's taunting them. I hope he's like, "I got paid a lot more than you for doing very little." <laughs> <laughs> they make me walk. I and get them. paid to do nothing. <laughs> to do nothing. <laughs> I didn't even have to come in last week. How many times you wrestling on the last month, buddy? Wait till you Both see, Dave. Thing that, Wait yeah. till you see. <laughs>
2: Oh, but you guys have to hear about this. So the following week on Nitro, so Giant kept breaking into the NWO locker room demanding his title shot, or he gets to, like, wrestle Hogan. Hogan, of course, like, refuses. doesn't have a contract. I'm not going to wrestle you. So whatever the WCW committee is, whatever that thing is that only exists for, you know, one week. <laughs> Competition <laughs>
1: committee, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, of course. They decide that Giant would face Hogan on Nitro in a non-title affair. So free TV again, giving it away. But the big reason for this match oh, was amazing. for TNT...
1: Amazing. I've just read your
2: notes. (laughs) To promote the new show, The New Adventures of Robin Hood. (laughs) So, Oh, it gets better. Just wait.
1: Oh, I mean, it is. This is the best. Yeah, the
2: match starts two minutes before the end of the show. So you would get the rest of the match during commercial breaks for Robin Hood. You would get, like, two snippets of the match. So the best part is, too, they would fake it as it was, like, live. Although, like, by the fourth commercial break, you can tell... They're not sweating. They're not, like, huffing and puffing. So, And the commentators are giving out, oh, what a legendary 40-minute match by Hogan and Giants. They're really going. <laughs> so I wonder if you guys can guess how that match ended up. Of course, the NWO broke up the match. DQ victory for the Giants. And that's pretty much the buildup until we got here. Of course, the <laughs> Giant is cashing in his title shots because, of course, from World War III, he is entitled to it. So, I mean, credit to WCW because like, there's a lot of things that, like, they had to face being a part of the Turner Network. And that's something the WWF never really had to yeah, battle with. Yeah. And this was obviously, like, a Turner-type thing because there's no way WCW would be this stupid to cheapen their main event to do that. And this is just a ratings grab.
0: It did seem that randomly Turner was, like, completely behind the product. and Then other times he used a product to pro- promote his other stuff. So sometimes it was his crown jewel and that's what he wanted to work. And other times it's like, whatever. It's just like, I just use it for better ratings for my channel overall.
1: To be fair, like Ted is the reason they lasted so long. Yeah. Because once Ted didn't
0: have a say, that's when the company died. This is true. Yep. So typical Hogan stuff, the end. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were wrong, but uh. <laughs> yeah. So same matches a couple months before the end. Hogan gets, uh, I think, quite a nice entrance here. You know, for all the plainness and a lot of the other entrances, he gets pyro, he gets a little bit of a video beforehand. Three of the Dallas Cowboys come down. One of them looks like he doesn't want to be there. I don't know his name, the center. Oh, I don't know which one it is, but it's Nate Newton, Ray Donaldson,
1: and George Teague. are the three people.
0: I I think it's Ray Donaldson is the center, and the other two are, like, amped up, and they're just randomly shouting NWO, and the center is like, I am also here. Also, you know... Uh, Virgil, come, uh, I keep calling him Virgil. Vince comes down to the ring with them as well, but it's a bit cool. Like these guys all have Super Bowl rings. Uh, they do have some no, star power behind them. No, two of them have Super Bowl rings, Dave. Only two of them. It's oh, very awesome. clear.
1: Only two of them show see. the rings, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure the other guy does not have a ring. Ooh, just yeah, showing off. Just really awkward.
2: <laughs> My favorite part is Bischoff goes pyro
0: to music. Another first. breaking breaking records all the time making impossible strides in entertainment eric makes makes another reference to WWE here they already made a connecticut reference at some stage but they make a vince mcmahon reference saying you know he owes everything to hulk essentially he names a bunch of famous bookers including vince and says they built like their companies around hulk and Hulk, hulk made them a lot of money which is kind of again kind of drawing attention to your counterparts isn't great
2: uh, and normally the no music thing would bother. Of of course, is the worst part of this pay per view. But for Giant, it makes sense at least because he doesn't have music after turning face. So that that works a little bit.
0: He's also huge, so no one can no one can ignore him coming out, and he shouts a lot. So other mm. other guys you could hear the crowd didn't even see them. No one missed Giant coming out. Of course,
2: I was gonna say Hogan takes forever that his NWO music re- repeats.
0: Yeah. Notably, he doesn't come out with any of the Goon squad this time. It's just Vince. So I doubt that the Dallas Cowboys were going to get involved physically. (laughs) So I assumed that everyone had to run from the back, which is slightly different than his usual, I guess. So this is really similar to their first match. It's a little cleaner. We get some big early chops by Giant and Hogan, of course, like he's done in every match. We've seen Bales. He's doing the typical, you know. Get chased around the ring, Giant gets back in, he drops some elbows. Thank God this is a lot faster than the other ones. Like at Hogwild, we saw, you know, Hogan staying out of the match for about 80% of it. We don't get it as bad here. But again, anytime Giant takes control of the match, we get Hogan bailing to the outside. We get our first bit of NWO involvement with Vincent trying to try to help Hogan bash um Giant against the barricade, but he reverses it and throws them both into it. Pretty by the numbers match here. There was a weird, ang- I want to know if you guys thought this was botched. There was a weird moment in the ring when Giant can bring it back into the ring. Hogan tries a few shoulder blocks, but then all of a sudden tries to get an inside cradle. That
2: Yeah, it's definitely a botch. Yeah, yeah, Giant
0: just like turns it into a scoop slam. But what's Hogan even trying to do there?
2: Does the commentary try to cover it up are Like, oh, going for the inside cradle. But yeah. I'm like, Hogan doing an inside cradle? No.
0: It kind of looks like though, like he hooks both of Giant's legs, kind of. I don't know what he's trying to do. Any, any guesses? fall is he trying to just chop block him and misses you got,
2: you, yeah you got me
0: yeah so we get that at, again to the outside this time hogan gets uh, a handful of powder throws it in giant's face and starts to kind of control the match choking him out with the wrist uh, wrist tape trying to get some heat spots and rest holds in nothing really happens for a long time with some rest holds giant goes for an enormous elbow off the top i thought he was going to break the ring I thought he was going to break the top ropes. They did not look like they could support him for that much. And that gets Hogan a two count by just rolling away. Hogan then uh, hits a big boot. Giant No sells it. Hogan scoop slams him in a real awkward way. Bit of a botched scoop slam. And hits the leg drop. But Giant No sells it. Hits him with a choke slam. And this one's a bit infuriating. Nick Patrick just refuses to count. I think this was the worst Nick Patrick moment. Nick Patrick refuses to count says that Hogan's shoulders up, so Giant kind of kneels over him and presses both his shoulders to the ground. Patrick still refuses to count, so happens again. Different type of pin. Third time, Patrick doesn't even start counting, and Giant gets kind of mad and chokeslams Patrick. And this, I think this is just, I don't know, a- absolutely ridiculous and infuriating. What do you guys think?
2: I mean, it's following the formula here. I mean, yeah. this is just all... I knew this was going to happen. That's why this match was just so throwaway. I mean, it's it's similar match that they had they had on Nitro, the similar match that we had before. So yeah, it's, just it's same old thing. It makes
0: it feel like there's zero way of winning. Instead of being like 99% impossible, it feels like there's no way you can ever beat Hogan if Patrick isn't in the ring. Now, maybe this is a nice obstacle for someone else to overcome, but it, it does feel like title matches mean nothing now. Yeah, yeah. So after this chaos ensues... We get Eric shouting for people to come out and Buff hits the ring, gets slammed. So does Vincent, IRS, Bubba. They all get choke slammed. Giant must be getting tired doing 90% of wrestling on the card.
1: This <laughs> is the most staged run-in beatdown I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, mook, 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 mook.
0: Oh yeah, Kevin and Scott are here. <laughs> now we can do something. Now we can do something. Uh, Bischoff, I think it's Bischoff Hands, Well, Bischoff shouts, I have to go help Hollywood a bunch, which came off as real lame. Well, I have to go help Hollywood. I have to go help Hollywood. And he gives Hogan an NWO branded guitar. I don't know why they have that. It's just a black guitar with NWO stickers. I don't know who's using that, but one of them apparently are.
1: Well, and- that guitar is from the band's. The most important thing that they do in the entire night. <laughs> is
0: from the bat? Wow. Yeah.
1: It's like the lead guy. That's his guitar.
0: So that, it's probably a real as guitar tell. as well. So that's why it smashes yeah. like that.
2: It can't be because it explodes with white powder. So yeah, like, the powder
0: is be. weird. Yeah. It takes super a while weird. though. So obviously Hogan hits yeah. Giant a bunch with it, but it doesn't break properly. And it like leaves a bad bloody bruise on the back of Giant. So he, he fairly beats him with it. He goes down. They then nearly undress Giant because they take down his straps but too far. So his ass is just out for a little while until someone pulls it back up. Again, I don't know why they love these wooden chairs, but smashes a wooden chair off his back, which looks really painful. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. They're just so angry at Giant all of a sudden, smashing all these wooden things off. And he was like, the bruises look pretty bad. And then they try take two of pulling down his leotard without letting out his ass. And they spray paint him. And that's that's the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: like... And that is the end of the so, show. Yeah,
0: that is the finish with Hulk Hogan standing tall that, again.
2: Yep,
1: that's it. See you later.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. That was actually the first spray paint since World War Three. Yeah. Which was. It was surprised that me.
0: by how little they use it for so long. But. A- any thoughts about this match? Like, it's just the exact same as Hogwild, except. As I said, a little more concise. It's just lots of stalling. There's nothing to this match.
1: Like a wouldn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems like Hogan's just hide. Either Hogan's a little lazy, or he's just really hiding his inability to wrestle. He only has three or four spots in this match, and two of them are botched. Like that, <laughs> whatever that inside cradle was, is botched, and his scoop slam is botched. And like I'm, Giant is not a light guy, but your job is to look strong. You got one job. You got your big scoop slam, and you almost messed that up. That's just some real shoddy, yep. shoddy work. Cause it's not even good stalling anymore.
2: At least there was less of it. I agree. That's you said that uh earlier. I do like Ted, one of his like few moments of commentary I liked, he said the teacher versus the student, and nobody said it would be easy either. I thought that was a nice bit of commentary. Mm, so Yeah,
1: there's a bit of like actual storyline going on. Right.
2: And these guys have it seems like they've wrestled way too much by this point. So I think that's maybe part of it, that they're just tired. It seems like Giants trying, but Hogan just doesn't care
1: no he doesn't give a shit at all like oh, it's, it's not a good match not good
0: yeah it's it's also like like we said it's like the outsiders it's the same formula every time except the formula was never good when when he's called upon he can't really wrestle this is also it's not exactly burying giant because he hasn't lost per se but it's making him look pretty inconsequential and pretty easy for hogan to trick It's close in the sense that Hogan was technically, would have technically lost if the referee wasn't crooked. But we all know that Nick Patrick isn't going to count three. So it makes me care so little about these matches that I'm not bothered watching them. Because the whole point of a Hogan matchup is he's bad at wrestling, but there's a story. And when the story is taken away, when it's already got a conclusion and an easy to spot one, I don't know. I don't don't know why people would be interested in these main events.
1: Pretty much sums up the entire pay-per-view for me. The ending is bad. Everything that happens after the match is bad. And just like the previous match where they completely go, oh, this doesn't count. They immediately go, this doesn't mean anything. Don't worry about it. Hogan's still the champion. So it doesn't matter what what anything else happened.
0: Hogan's still champion. The other two championships are probably going to go back to our champions because we've complained about it. This really showed the power of the NWO. I'm not going to ask you guys whose side are we on. At the end of this one, because I think after the Eric Bischoff debacles, <laughs> we all know. So I'm going to ask you something. No, no, you should. You should. Well, you I'm going to ask something yeah. slightly different this time. Okay. We all thought that this pay-per-view had some potential. What would have you liked to actually see happen on this pay-per-view to make it a little more interesting for you? Ooh. Just one. It doesn't have to be an mm. overall thing. Just one match or one spot or one concept. Go. Ooh, okay. I got it. Go I ahead, it. Connor. You can start.
2: I don't know how you can have a pay-per-view like this without either one a sting run-in of some sort yep. or even lex luger is one of your top wcw guys and he is nowhere <sighs> to nowhere be found finished. i think that's what the most infuriating thing is even maybe macho man too mm. any of these guys like even rick flair making some kind of an appearance as well like would have really helped this pay-per-view or even just any of the wcw jobbers that are in the crowd for some reason brian knobs is just hanging out in the crowd sure whatever You know, if he could have done something else... They were firing up the the crowd during the match... But you can get involved and make... You can try to oppose the NWO... Just because it's their show... It doesn't mean you can't touch them.
1: I think what needs to happen... Which follows on from Connor's point... The the basic principle of it is that... The end of that pay-per-view... Should be WCW standing tall. No matter what happens during the pay-per-view... So say they're not doing well during the middle... And they get one or two wins or whatever... But at the end of that match... Whether or not Hogan wins, there's some sort of brawl and WCW stands tall and they get to show that they're still in it and they still have a chance.
0: Yeah, like something like that. There was nothing to actually expand the NWO or their storyline at all. There was just some title changes and oh, Hulk Hogan keeps his title no matter what. I yeah. wish
2: there was a, just another way too to make the NWO just look better as well. I think yeah. they tried to do that, yeah. but... It just It just looks different.
1: like... 87 dweebs and three people that matter
2: yeah, and to follow up on, on gus's point too to maybe to have wcw stand tall is maybe you can also just have wcw have their own pay-per-view as well and that, it was just kind of yeah. weird that wcw like why why wouldn't they run their own pay-per-view as well having no cruiserweights i think i mentioned that kind of earlier having oh, terrible being... terrible
1: decision why isn't six wrestling for the cruiserweight title i don't understand why he's u.s title level because he's done nothing and they've talked about him being a cruiserweight guy so why isn't he wrestling for the cruiserweight title and whoever has the belt at the time it could be literally anybody from wcw
2: yeah and they started out that dynamic of like oh we're gonna get all the titles but then they've just kind of dropped that that would also been another fun part about this pay-per-view is one trying to get the tv title and cruiserweight title. they don't have to get him but they can at least try that was gonna
0: be my final point how stupid do they look you got to book your own card eric bishop got to make the matches he commented on that he commented on the steiners getting a shot because everyone wanted to see that cool match why didn't you put all the titles on the line why didn't you do something like oh the tv title is in a handicap match and the two nwo guys could have like argued and lost the match anyway there's lots of things that just make nwo not only look like because we're looking back in different eyes maybe people thought some of this stuff was cool back then but they just look stupid Like, if you put even a little bit of logic on it, I'm not talking about scrutinizing every second. If you put a little bit of logic to this, they're stupid. NWR is stupid. Eric Bischoff is stupid. Why doesn't the show end up with all the WCW guys hitting the ring? Giant can still lose. I'm not saying Giant should win. Why don't all of them go, well, you screwed our challenger out of it again. We're going to make you pay this time. Instead of just watching, all of them are in the crowd, just watching Giant get beat up. Everyone involved is really stupid. (laughs) It's... It's mind-boggling, because this angle is still worth a lot, and it's still so big in wrestling, and they still have such big talent. I didn't think it would go downhill so fast. I didn't think within six months of the initial angle, or seven months, that the quality of writing and the logical booking would be so poor.
2: I think they just got overconfident. I I mean, obviously, I think that's that's what it was, and they they just think that this NWO thing, that they can not do any wrong. Yeah, free money. And obviously, they should have learned from their mistakes, but... It continues again and again with World War Three, Hogwild, they, they just don't learn from their mistakes somehow. And luckily, this is just like one show. So they, they don't have like this bad of level shows for the rest of the year. But it's kind of like foreshadowing of like the beginning of the end. Yeah. Because yeah, th- definitely, I can firmly state... Without a doubt, this is the worst
0: pay-per-view I've ever seen in my life. Good. Good, good, good that it doesn't get any worse than this. <laughs> good. Because <laughs> it's done now. Yeah. This is also yes. like the only pay-per-view where I couldn't point out a match and say you should go see it. I think every, no, yeah. every pay-per-view, nothing. I think there was one match where I'm like, yeah, just go see the Ray match. You should probably watch all of Ray's pay-per-view matches from this era. Or, you know, this match was interesting because these wrestlers were younger and it's a weird dynamic. None of these matches are worth watching. I've seen arguments for the latter match,
1: but I disagree yeah I don't think it's it's, worth watching it's too
0: short it's like the start of a good ladder match just like Kono match with Jericho isn't awful but it's like the start of a good match not a full match
2: yeah watching it out of context is even weirder just because like well you don't have real commentary and they're just complaining a bunch so
1: I'm talking about karate
0: Eric's great at karate Ugh, okay, so it might be time for us all to take a, a well-earned shower after watching some of those uh, Miss NWO segments. And I think that's us for another edition of the WCW vs. NWO podcast. Please follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle WCW vs. NWO podcast. Also, check out our bonus video episode on Vimeo about Dean vs. Dragon on Clash of the Champions under the same handle. From me, Connor, and Gus... Thanks for listening and join us next time when we get introduced to some royalty.